0: Hello and welcome back to the F24 podcast. My name is David and as often as possible I invite a creative over to my studio in North Acton to talk about their lives and interactions with London, culture and creativity. Really sorry about the wait for this first one of 2019. I've been incredibly busy on some projects, one of which will actually have me in Dublin for a few weeks split over two trips. So I've been lining up interviews over there with some dope Irish creatives. I'll get them recorded whilst I'm out there and yeah, we should get some great stories from over there. So here we are, I missed this, it's only been a few weeks, but it's so dope getting time like this with people. This week, we've got UK culture OG, Kishkash. I've only hung out with Kishkash on a couple of occasions, but his name came before him and I've known about him for years, seen him in places and photos, we've got some of the same acquaintances, and it feels like one of them ones where we've known each other for years. Kish isn't from London. He grew up just outside and it was one of those places that bred some serious people in the hip-hop scene in the UK in the early days. And Kish feels just in on all of that and the people he grew up with. He talks about funding his passion through work, which eventually led to his first job working in the culture and the million and one projects he's been involved in. He's pulled off and been part of some amazing parts of UK hip-hop history, represented, introduced, DJs, interviewed and all the while looking so, so, so fresh. His style is untouchable. He's a true gent and lucky for us, he has a great memory. Go and check him out on Kish Cash on Instagram whilst you listen. Enjoy. This is Kish's London culture and creativity story.
1: Wicked Kish. Wicked. Is this thing on? It's on. Oh my God. We're here. Easy. Thank you, brother. No, thank you. It's been like a bloody movie, hasn't it, really? Because uh, we've spoken about it for how long and
0: it's finally happened. Well, mate, it, we uh, we had that amazing lunch at... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. What was that place called? Was it Senor Ceviche? No. No, not um Um just, those Tacos. Oh my god. We had a treat that yes. day, man. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Well, we can thank the production team. Oh, I okay. think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah, so we meet we you know, I've been wanting to meet up with you for time. We'd actually chatted about the podcast and then we managed to book a meeting in and talk about some business which mm. unfortunately didn't work. Ah, that you know, this happens. happens. That's how it goes yeah, in exactly. our world. That's it. But then we carried on the conversations, man, and You've been busy, I've been busy. Well, it's all worth it, because this cup of tea, mate, is banging wicked. Mm. It's been waiting Way for you. Oh, easy. Nice. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for coming, man. Yeah, I mean, I to say,
1: there's a lot of stuff in here, and it would be amazing to come back and just explore it, because there's there's bits, and the amount of history in here, and knowledge. Thick. And anecdotes, I'm sure, that go along with it. Um, yeah, bits and pieces. Yeah. And what you just told me, just you know, it's like you know, you know, Teach was here the other day, well, the other month or whatever, probably just before Christmas actually, wasn't yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah, and he was you know getting his uh, exhibition ready for Maha for marishi which is and, beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. I want that rug that he did. Do you see oh, the rug? God, the rug was gorgeous. Oh man, you can just be going. They've still got it. You can buy it. But yeah. the thing is, it's like. It's still a bit of money, do yeah. you know what I'm saying? But rightly and well it's deserved. Handmade, deservedly and all that type of yeah, shit. exactly. Right, He's do done. You know I mean? he went for yeah, yeah. it on that, it was oh, brilliant. No, no. So wicked. Ball I just wish I place. had, you know, that sort of dream warehouse space. Yeah, you know, you're right. Okay, that was money. You remember Flash Dance, right? Yeah, okay, right. And Jennifer Beals. Obviously, who don't remember Jennifer Beals? And if yeah. you don't know anyone listening, if you don't know Flash Dance and Jennifer Beals, I suggest just stop the interview now.
0: Maybe you want to stop, go familiarize yourself.
1: <laughs> You know, you might be a while. Even do a Google, but we're back. here. Yeah, exactly, right. But the thing, is, she had that warehouse space. How she afforded Mate. that warehouse space, doing the job that she did, I don't know. But anyway, I remember seeing that. You know, you had that little. You know, one of the first sort of body popping breaking yeah. scenes in a movie ever, um, which is you know one of the reasons why anyone you, you know should um, check Flashdance. But you know, from that point of history. But the thing is, if we had one of them warehouse spaces, you know what I mean, right? The amount of canvases oh. that be up on the walls. Right. You know, you got Petro here. I'd have one of his, you know, I try to get one off Elk. I try to get, you know, what, you know, one of Teachers, You yeah. know, I would, I would
0: want to get the the I've whole got, lot. That's one of Elks. What? That painting up the top there. Oh man. Waiting really? to get framed. Uh... Oh, yo. What's up? <laughs> do you know what I mean? But no, to I would mean, I mean, I'd, I'd mean? love it. Yeah. yeah. I would love it.
1: You got Revolt's hands st- right, yeah, yeah, Tagged yeah. up there. Revolt, Revolt scheme. Oh, and scheme next to him. Yeah. What?
0: And boots, 119. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yo, who's done that on the top left? Lee. Oh, that top piece there is by Vodka in Brighton. Sick. Look that is. that is sick. Sick. Vodka. Big Vodka. Tom. Easy. Is he Russian? No. No, no he just loves
1: it. Doing trade I mean. descriptions, actually, is mate. Yeah. He's <laughs> got a nice hand style, but what do you got to do with Vodka? Got leader. Oh, oh, oh. My mate, Dan. He used to live on Eldridge oh, yeah. right, in the Lower East Side. Um, he was the one I was visiting in Crawley, actually, when okay. I said I was, I was in Crawley the other day. and I went down to Brighton and I met Ewan and popped in Rare Kind and uh, yeah, and all that. But, yeah, the classic Lee piece, which has now been painted over, Yeah. he used to, he used to live opposite it. What? So when I visited him for the first time in, I think, 97, like, I think it was 98, right, and I'm in New York. And uh, the mad thing was, I'd met Dan four years prior because in my second trip to to New York, um, I uh, I was potting around Soho because it's what just what we do. Yeah, it's our generation. I don't know how it is now, but we used to go investigate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we used to just go through every single street corner, little back alley Area, just whatever. hunting stuff. So- yeah. Something's going to happen here and i did the same in new york and i walked up and down broadway i went through soho and i come across this market store area this sort of market area in a sort of disused car park and there's loads of stalls so i'm walking through then i see some some dude and he's selling some military stuff and I'm like going, oh no, this is nice and he starts talking to me in a bloody British accent and I'm going who the hell is this guy my second trip to New York he's giving it the old you know and, into the and, he, and, and he's, he's an English dude an Englishman in New York just like the Sting song right and I'm yeah. like what is going on and then he goes oh yeah 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 I've been here years la 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 and I'm, I'm thinking alright alright and he's going yeah 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 I yeah. oh, should go check my brother's shops right and this is where I started getting a bit like I started smelling I thought he was talking I thought he was talking shit, right? He goes, yeah, yeah, my brother owns Stussy over there. And I was like, what? <laughs> like that? Because it's like Sean Stussy, right? And I'm not, I didn't know about the licensing and all yeah, this kind yeah. of stuff at the time. So I'm like going, what? Oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Stussy. And he goes, yeah, and he's just opened up another store over, you know, on Lafayette. It turns out to be Supreme. Mm. Anyway, that's another story, right? And I'm going, what? Oh, yeah, and then we got another store over here. I go, what, Union? And he's like, yeah, 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 you've been there. And I was like, yeah, I think, yeah. And I was like, well, anyway, didn't think nothing of it. I bought something off him. I can't remember what it was. I think it was a radar beanie or something like that. I can't remember. And i still got it wherever it is. And I'll come across it and I'll be like, that it's that. That was it. Or it was a pair of gloves. But, you know, I was thinking, okay. So anyway, I didn't think nothing of it. Then I was hanging out. I moved to Brighton in 97. So, Yeah. yeah, yeah, I lived in Brighton for three years. So, um... I, I was I was seeing a girl um, Caroline who was from my neck of the Woods and she was at university there, and I'd go down every weekend and I'd go to Sussex University and just you know just hang out and stuff and I'd go bright we'd go into Brighton and we'd just put her around and stuff you know for I think ninety five ninety six and um, and I I came across the one forty five store which yep. was owned by Ed at the time
0: amazing that show
1: yeah right I loved that and store. then I met then I met um, Kurt and Cy and Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also Joel, who's the older brother of Josh Sticker. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah,
0: Joel the breakdancer. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And Rupert and Dom and I met the whole crew. Anyway, so I was just you know because they sold Stussy and they sold Fat Farm, they sold all the bits I liked and stuff, and they were nice guys and it was just nice and shoes sure. to used to potter in there. And, but I wasn't I wasn't living there. But then my mate Joe, who I, who I, who I used to work with in a Mexican restaurant. In, t- uh, in my hometown of Ellsbury, um, was going, yo, do you want to move to Brighton? And I was like, I was living in Ellsbury at the time, and I was like, yeah, it's time to get out. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because I'd already, you know, been up London a million times and knew every little spot. Um, so I uh, I moved to, I made the move to Brighton. Uh, ended up splitting up with Caroline, still in touch, you know, she's a lovely, lovely girl. Um, lovely lady, I should say now. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, got real tight with the 145 store, hanging out in the 145 store one day and this girl walks in, right? And this girl walks in goes, oh yeah, brother, like this. And then she starts going, oh yeah, my brother owns the store. And I'm like, hang about, hang on. I've heard this story, but I, I, I stopped it. <laughs> I stopped like, right, you know, and, and I'm thinking, hey, you know what? She goes, yeah, my brother owns this, brother owns that. And I go, what do you mean your brother owns this, brother owns that, right? Is what I was saying to her. And um, she goes, yeah, in New York, Right, my brother owns Stussy, and he owns this other shop called Supreme, and and, and he owns this other shop called um, Union with his with his girlfriend. I'm like, you know what? This is the most remarkable thing, and, and <laughs> this is the most random thing, right? This is how my life is. I don't know if, if it's the same for you, David, but it's all these random occurrences, right? And 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 moments of serendipity which happen, and it's just really bizarre. So, I'm I'm just like, it's not the first time I've heard this story, and she's like, what? Go, yeah, I was in New York three years ago and I'm potting around Soho, and there's this guy on this market stall. Oh, that's my brother, Dan. And I was like, ah. There we right? go. Yeah. And I was just like, oh man, that, that is the most random thing. I and mean, you know what? I've completely forgotten how I got on this train of thought. Well, anyway, no. If is, you remember. but a, so, Dan's flat and the but, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, piece. yeah. So check this out, right? And she goes, yeah, that's my brother, Dan. And I was like, get the hell out of here. What? And I, and I said what are the odds i'm walking around new york then i come to this city i've been here like a couple of months right and then you walk into the shop which Two obviously if your dad places. your brother does own that you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean, you, you it makes sense that. but still, it makes sense but still yeah and i happen to be in the shop at the same time and you walk in and, la, 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 and all this kind of stuff so kate kate is her name yeah kate Schultz. And um, walks in, and she goes, yeah, 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 la, la, la. And then she goes, you know, if you ever go to New York, you know, I'll tell Dan I bumped into you, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you hit him up, and he'll look after you, like that. So... In ninety eight I end up going, I hit him up, and this is like mobile phones are pretty rudimentary at the time. Email is non existent, you know, you're used to, it's kinda of like the Wild West when you're travelling somewhere.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, gotta be street smarts about ya. Yeah. There's no guides to tell you where to go, nothing no. like that. You just gotta have your no Google Maps. Your, no, none of that, none of that. No one's no one's given up their spots. No. Once they know about a spot, it's oh, theirs no, you ain't I ain't telling no. you. No, because no, I don't Enjoy it, have where, fun, look for it. Mm. But no, I'm not telling you oh, where no, it no, is. No, not telling you no, not telling you where it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Otherwise you're gonna you're gonna know where I'm getting my stuff from. Uh and um, so I end up going and I, I go to Eldridge and on Eldridge is um, uh, a store called Recon, which is Stash's store. Mm-hmm. Dan lives above it. I think I I've I lived above that because he, he, tw- he moved, he had one spot on Eldridge, then he moved down and he moved and it was either above Bob's or it was above... Stash his spot or the other way around. Anyway, one way or another, it happened one way around because the next time I visited him, he'd moved and mm. yeah, down Eldridge a bit. And this is when the Lower East Side was pretty hood up. Um, you didn't, you didn't really walk too further down from where he was, where you do now, mm. unless you, you knew what you was doing because it's just sort of crap dudes were at the end of the corner. Um, but the Lee piece was on the corner of Eldridge. And I think Houston, I think it was yeah. And it was there—the the classic one that's in spray can art. That's
0: fucking nuts. Do you know what I mean? Got
1: the, Lee, that, the, the blue Lee. You know yeah, what I mean—the yeah, yeah, white yeah. outline. Yeah. And I'm just look. I'm just like. Just, I'm just looking at it going. And it's the one that's funny enough. When Supreme did the collab,
0: yeah,
1: with um, I think they did a collab with Lee um, two years ago, maybe a year ago.
0: Yeah,
1: they did a jacket, and the jacket had that piece on it because they took it from. I mean, they must have taken it from either like Henry Chow or Martha yeah, Cooper, yeah, yeah. but. And and it's got that, and you know what, I should really buy that jacket. But anyway, the bloody piece was there. And I go to so Dan. Oi. Then he goes, Yeah, I know. Just matter of fact. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's my, my neighbourhood. Neighborhood. Then, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, like, see like this all that. the
0: time. And I was just like, I was just like, wow. The fucking Don Lee, man. Like yeah. absolute gent. And yeah. And I'm um, I'm oh yeah, because the,
1: the other thing was, met Lee, right? The year before, or around the same time, because of the contents under pressure show which was in Shoreditch, where Tramshed now is, yes. occupied by Damien Hirst They had full-on New York um, subway trains. It was Lee Futura and Blue, right? Okay, and, I remember and, that. and it was the, the Contents Under Pressure um, yeah. graffiti show. I don't know who was behind it. I don't know how I got involved. I don't know how I ended was 2000s, up there. wasn't it? Uh, no, 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 no. That was, it was... Um, it was Late, late, 90s. late 90s, yeah this is when Shoreditch went nothing. Well, nothing the only the only there, time yeah, yeah. the only only two things that were in Shoreditch at the time were Blue Note, yep. um, and 333 had oh, yeah, and three three three. Just up. yeah. Um, where my mates would do a, a few nights, and I ended up doing a few nights as well. But um, yeah, it was a real, real mad one. But yeah, I met, remember meeting Lee. Mm. Um, well, I remember meeting him. I don't know what I said. I can't. You know, I don't even can't remember because I can't remember much from back in those days. But uh, where does it? I was um, there.
0: Where does it start for you? What where are you, you from? It?
1: I am from Ellsbury. Ellsbury. Far we. from it, actually. Just up the road. Just got the um yeah A40 and then
0: take a right and you're there. And then, so how did you get into hip-hop or... We were into hip-hop since day start. one. Yeah, I mean, like, how what... That was
1: the that was the thing, you know, hip-hop since day one, because um uh, it was a melting pot. You know, you was into hip-hop, you was into two-tone,
0: you was into... And this country to you via and radio mobs. and TV... Friends. I
1: do you know something haven't got a clue how but it's just one of those things that just sort of happened
0: and in school um, you were in, in school, school. At the time, Yeah, no, yeah. I was in
1: school yeah and everyone in school and we were like doing graph you know and stuff and doing the robot um body popping which I was better at doing rather than doing any footwork or anything like that but mm. um You've really got to be a gymnast, don't you? You've got, I mean, of, you got to be break really strong to I think gym.
0: I did it when I was like eight years old. Mm. By the time I was 10, I couldn't move no. like that anymore. No, no, yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. I mean, so like my body ain't kind of doing what I want it to do.
1: Yeah. All <laughs> I remember
0: with breakdancing is primary school and that's it. I don't remember going any further than that. So how was school? What was education like? Were you good at it? Were you getting through it? I though, got
1: through it. But the thing is... It's when I just had a problem with the teachers, not like in an Aggie way. But the thing is, I would be saying stuff to them and Mm. going and being very inquisitive to them. It would be like, I think I was being lippy or I was being insubordinate or whatever. But the thing is, I was asking them questions and they would not give me the answers that I was seeking. And what's funny is there'll be certain things that I'd say and I go, look, have you thought about it like this and blah, blah, blah. And then we, that's not how it is. And they would be just so textbook. dismissive, yeah, dismissive and textbook. V- very much so. Now, right, the things that I spoke about back then at school, right, have now subsequently, like, say, with science, have been proven to be correct or whatever. So you and, were and, you were willing and, and, and to so explore and I was, think? Yeah, exactly. I yeah. was willing to go. Okay that's that's a good basis that's a good starting point but where can we develop the conversation from them not realising that that's what I was trying to no, do no no of course not but exactly am what like were doing. Yeah, yeah I'm just like yo what's the deal no haven't you thought no it can't be like you know talking about alien life goes yeah we're the only people in the, in, in the universe I go well that doesn't really make sense yeah statistically blah blah I go I don't care about your stats mate yeah. you know what I mean um, because I'm not really a, a maths dude let's talk about this though but let's <laughs> talk about it if the universe is infinite you're saying we're the only thing now it's not impossible, because nothing's impossible in no, the universe. it's a bit
0: God complex but, work, isn't it? Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> and it's a little bit like, I think that's unlike an unlikely proposition. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, we're finding out, you know, there's there's remnants of microbes and other stuff, well, especially you know, potentially if, elsewhere. If we are, there's water elsewhere. If, if we there's are, bloody water on Mars, yeah, if even just if biology, it's frozen.
0: Yeah, if we are just biology, if yeah. we are a matter of... Yeah cells and mm. bits and pieces yeah. of course this can happen elsewhere yeah, exactly
1: and it's probably happened elsewhere in a completely different way to what it's happened here but when you look at life on the planet and yeah. the diversity the biodiversity which has been affected actually I just you know so much you know, it's, 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 we're, we're fucking the planet up in so many different ways um, um but when you're looking at that and the different ways that life exists it's almost like on the planet mm. we've got so many different expressions of what life can be yeah. what else is out there that's yeah. completely more alien than say you know like a tapeworm feeding off you know a vent in the you know yeah, in, the, exactly. in the right underwater under how many tons of pressure do you know what I mean to you know what what is above the water yeah. do you know what I mean but mostly most of I think most life actually exists in the water actually is why I, I most life probably yeah. probably does uh, three so school the, went the world, like, like that. but yeah so school right so yeah um, and the mad thing is school um so I went to a Roman Catholic school because, so, yeah. um, you know, first to middle school because, you know, my, my parents were pharmacists and uh, that first and middle school was up the road mm-hmm. and it was the best school in the area mm-hmm. and the nuns used to go and get their medicine and everything from my dad so it was just like, yeah, go there. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so even though I'm Indian and Hindu I was also exposed to another religion which is Catholicism mm-hmm. from another age so I had a different understanding of how people... So your can, parents
0: weren't Catholic? Can,
1: no, no, no. Okay. no, 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 no Hindu. But, you yeah. know, same, but it was, this yeah. was nascent times back then, do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? This yeah. is like new territory.
0: Definitely, man. Yeah,
1: right? Yeah. So, the thing is, even though I was Hindu and raised Hindu, um, you know, I was exposed to another religion, I'd have to go through the doctrines of that, yeah. you know, um, sing the hymns and blah, 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 and I'm not thinking, I'm singing the hymns or anything, I don't really get what it is, but I'm singing them. Do you know what I mean? But, it was good because it gives you a broader spectrum yeah. of what life is, and it gives you uh, 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 more empathy yeah. for other people of other religions and uh, other thought processes, which is important. I feel so. Anyway, you got a breadth of breadth of experience, and, and you know, and
0: that's amazing, man. Yeah. That's a, it's amazing that, you that your your parents were up for thinking that way as well. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they they're all about education at the end of the day. Yeah. So if that's the best school, that's the
1: best school. You know.
0: So it is, you know. How long had they been here? Oh, God knows. Don't know. Probably you had roots down though. It wasn't like five years before you were born.
1: No, it might have been a little bit longer. Yeah. But my mum went to you know, she had to requalify. Every I think my dad had to requalify. So he yeah. had you know qualifications that my dad did in Uganda. I think he did it in Uganda. Yeah. Then he then he moved because I swear he was born. Mm-hmm. Then he moved to uh, to London. You know the whole British Empire sort of yeah, transit yeah. sort of thing. Mum was born in the Gujarat. Um, she studied there. Then she had to come. Then she moved here, and then she requalified by going to uh, the University of Sunderland. Of uh-huh. all places, mental. <laughs> God knows what that was like for my mum back then. Yeah, I've got to really think are. about this, you know, because they don't really talk about these sort of things that often. And my dad was at university here, but yeah, I don't know which university he went. But the thing is, you know, they re- had to requalify, mm. you know, she qualified in, in India and in, in Uganda. um but he got to re-qualify here. So, you know, there was there was a, and it was a turbulent time when they probably yeah. did it. It was either the 60s or 70s and we know about Enoch Powell and all that kind of Jesus stuff going Christ. on. And all this all, the, all this stuff. I mean, look, and I, it, was, it was it was trife. But anyway,
0: being right. an immigrant as well though yeah. is just and an immigrant's child. Yeah. Um is a weird thing. So yeah. the fact that you went to a Roman Catholic school coming from this Hindu yeah. background. Yeah. you're you're obviously not English or yeah. not I born stood here. Up like
1: a of thumb. Yeah, so you're and, just and, like, and you're
0: marked. Yeah. You're like, marked. You're, marked, and you're but marked. But at the same time you've you can yeah, I can't imagine what you must have gone through as well, but there is that whole thing, like you're saying, you learn empathy, you, you see the world differently, yeah, you're exactly. out of your own comfort zone and yeah, all of that, which exactly. in, in in the long run helps. Yes, it does. It's yeah, just a shame that all it, the pain that goes runs along it, with it.
1: Exactly. <coughs> and some people deal with it and some people don't, but you know. But yeah, it's just one of, those, one of those things. And the mad thing was, so yeah, so I went to, after that, went to grammar school, which is where it all like, you know, where I, I would be questioning some of the methods. And the thing is, I was more artistically inclined and I wanted to do art and mm. I was good at art. Um, well, I was told I was good at art. Mm. It's not me bigging myself up, but I mean, it's like I, I think I, I had a, yeah. I had a, you know, a an handle. affinity for art and being, yeah, doing all that kind of stuff and having a pretty, you know, having a skill to draw. And I love drawing and just like going away with my imagination and stuff. But as my dad would say, there's no money, there's no career. You know, and he's a pharmacist and, school, and he wanted, and he
0: wanted, yeah, exactly. His school is not pushed as no, a, it's, as a it, thing. Wasn't it was the a fucking no. fun lesson, exactly. It was the do fun you know I mean? lesson, right. even from our point of view, yeah. but from the teacher's point get, of I view. I want to get my,
1: hand. I want to do yeah. some pottery, I want to do some some model making, And to do Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of my favorite classes was craft design and technology, where I used to make that stuff. Was
2: brilliant.
1: Oh, mm. that was so. Brilliant. Yeah, so I'm there at this school. So check this out. Several's so in hip hop. You know, it's the thing, and la la la, and then indie comes on you know, a little bit later, and all that kind of stuff. I, I also liked a bit of metal as well. I used to skate, uh, skate all right, um, but I used to listen to hip hop and, and 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 metal and skating. Yeah, you know, a bit of thrash or whatever. Um, and the mad thing was, yeah. So I remember one of the spots that you know that I went to a couple of times. Um, was uh, this place called um, The Ducks, which was in Friars Square. And it had these massive, massive big ducks because mm. Ellsbury's known nice for its ducks. And you could go in and you could play in them and stuff like that, yeah? And right next to it is where the lino came out and, and people used to break, right? And Friars Square had a Wimpy and an hour price. Um, and you had the market there and you had the big market where you'd get your waffle, waffle trousers or stay press and all that kind of stuff, fluoro socks and all that kind of stuff. There was a sport, was it hawking sport, was there where I got my first ever Pumas, the GVless, things like that, right? And then um, at the grammar, right? So when I was at the first and, middle, first and middle school, it was me and my sister, and then there was another year younger, another Indian kid joined, and then his sister joined um, in between me and my sister because they were more closely age related. Um, and I don't think. There was any other brown-skinned people there of Indian descent. But uh, above, um, there was Patrick Hoyt and all them, you know, and they, they were, um, I don't know where their family were from. Um, Caribbean, but I don't think it was Jamaican. Might have been Barbadian. Don't quote me, anyway. <clears throat> so it was my first, you know, it was a very multicultural. M- Ellsbury's very multicultural. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's small, but you can't get away from it. It's very multicultural indeed, which is which gives you a good, mm. you know, good, good uh, and square,
0: background yeah. and a good Sort of, was that where people were meeting up and that that's where, yeah, that's where, yeah, that's
1: that's where that's where the spot was where they used to break and stuff like that. And I, you know, I never, I never, never, never only went there a few times, but um, I think I went with my mate Gary Cartwright, or yeah, I can't remember, I went with, but anyway, right from school, but um, yeah, so and then what happened was my parents moved out of Aylesbury to a village outside, so I wasn't interacting going to town as much because I'd be going back to the pharmacy and then I'd be going back to where we live and then back to school and so on and so forth. The weekends would be hanging out with the kids in the village. So there was that going on. Um, But, so in secondary school, it was a bit of an eye opener. I was like, "Hold on a sec, I'm not the only gay in the village." You know what I mean? Like, so you know when you think, you know, there's not too many of you, and you just get a little bit like, "Oh, you, 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 you think you are? You're not a brown dude, all right. You think you're competition? <laughs> Bullshit, right? It's just so negative. It's just like you should be like trying to build together." Yeah. But anyway, it's kids, though. It's yeah, like. exactly. So there was this dude, right? And I was like, "Who the hell's he? He's a bit of a, he's a bit of a swaggy dude." Anyway, it was my mate Robbie, right and robbie went um you know he was slightly a few months older and you know when back then if you're a few months older you're way older oh yeah yeah, Do you know yeah, what yeah. i mean all that Properly. kind of thing right exactly yeah. yeah so he he was from broughton which was near where my mum's um my mum's um pharmacy was which is another part of ellsbury um anyway robbie Lasker is his name right who went on to become the principal in caveman. Right? Yes, exactly. Isn't that right? Okay. So we used to play football together. We used to knock about and blah, blah, blah. He was well into his hip hop. Um, and uh I'd sort of gone out of got got out of it. I was still in the hip hop, but I'd started going on with other music and that was a big no-no back then. Yeah. You had to be blood in, blood out with yeah. your music choice, otherwise you you're forgazing. you, you for you No, know, you can't you can't you can't yeah. do that. But the thing is I still stand by it because the thing is now I, my 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 knowledge of music is broad. Yeah. But the thing is, I just love music. But the thing is, yeah, so Robbie later went on to become, you know, the producer of Caveman, he was the principal. So it was quite mad because didn't realise what he was up to. And I didn't realise that him and my mate Collie and all that lot were going to Dance Wicked, right? Because Collie was a, older than me uh, in the same year, but he was older. And he was a bad boy skater. And um, he I think he was one of the first to get a driver's licence. Okay. Right? and so he used to take in mate B and my mate White they, they all used to go um, and Gavin who was a year above and all that they used to go all the, all the, all the things I didn't even know about it because I'm living in freaking. I'm living in this village outside of Ellsbury right and they're all living in Ellsbury and all hanging out so I was completely missing a trick here do you know what I mean and um, but you know when it became um, sixth form yeah Right, And then that's when start, things started opening up, Summer of Love and all this kind of stuff. I remember coming back right from the summer holidays and it, it everything had transformed. I was like going, what had happened? Because I'd been stuck in a village. Or what I was doing when I was on I was on summer holidays, I was going to America to visit the fam. Okay. Right? Where so were you I was, going out there? Excuse me?
0: Where were you going? Uh, out? Houston.
1: Houston. Houston, Houston um, and Florida. Um, all, all through the 80s. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that um, is what used to happen. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and Canada as well, okay. Winnipeg. Yeah, where my other cousins were. So um, I was I was seeing stuff that you wouldn't get to see here as well, and things like that, and exposed to different stuff. And um, but, quite but the
0: groups in in London and in were, yeah, had gone through this whole thing. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, I
1: come back saying, "What is going on here?" But the funny thing was, right, I was already going up to London on the train on my jacks because I'd want to go to comic shops. Um, so I remember going to Top 10 Comics which was in St. Anne's Court yeah which was uh, owned by Jonathan Ross and Paul Gambachini yeah
0: I remember that shop
1: right Um, I'd go there I'd go to M Zone um, you know you'd get you get your Stussy there and stuff like that Um, before that I'd gone to Slam City Skates on Talbot Road yeah Um, I got my first proper skateboard there um, Gutierrez I think it was a Sims board but yeah so yeah, and that was when West West London was naughty around Portobello, but um, yeah, you just uh, you got you, you just got, you, I just I just went around. I was already going round London already.
0: Yeah, so you, you got really into it. It was yeah the full and, and then you the know everything about the culture. yeah and then
1: public right. This is the thing. Come back and suddenly De La Soul's the thing. Public Enemy's the thing. I'm like whoa, and it's just like you know a whole thing transformed. And also, one one of the things was that I felt validated with my love of metal was the th- fact that, you know, Public Enemy was sampling Anthrax, I think. Anthrax or Slayer or something like that. I think they were sampling one of the tracks. I think she watched Channel Zero as well. Anyway, whatever. Um, so this whole thing was sort of melting and melting pot once again. And, you know, the whole Burnt and Socks thing, the pin rolls, you know that whole thing was um, popping off naf naff all that I never, I never wore naff 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 was naff <laughs> That's <how I> looks <laughs> it wasn't for you do you know what I mean yeah but everyone was wearing troop and I, I never what? wore troop but the thing is I was coming back this is the mad thing I remember Robbie going I remember me coming back in 86 87- Whoa! Well, i had a i had the air trainer ones that cash money wore right and I was the first one to have them probably in the country or, or maybe because okay. they weren't available over here and i remember getting them on holiday and then i remember getting the air trainer SC you know the medicine ball ones the white with the with the sort of wheat color and the, and the navy pop right with the, with the plastic strap and all that kind of stuff but then the webbing on the side um I remember having those and everyone's going yo and that was 88 i think because at the same time robbie went to New York I think he went to New York. Yeah, he had to have gone. Yeah, he went to New York in 88, right? And I think he went to New Music Seminar, wow. right? And he was, he was talking about his beats and all that kind of stuff and, you know, and all that kind of shit. And um, sort of, we were busy. Um, you know, and he, he, and he came back with Jordan 3s. What? He had the black Jordan 3s. He had the Beaver and Nike jacket and all sorts. And he was the dude. Right, and I was like, "Oh, easy!" Right, and I had the medicine ball. I had the medicine ball freeze, um, air trainer freeze is what they called called them later on, but they're actually the medicine ball um, air trainer SC. Um, so we were swagged
0: out. What made you early. get into the swag thing, though? What was it's it? Like, it just it was hip hop. You've got to get in, and also it's football as well. Right,
1: you having a knockabout in the streets, and that's why I loved um, trainers because when I was knock, having a football kickabout in Elmers, part of it, um, you know, my, my boys Rob and Andy, who are like my older brothers, who I grew up with. Um, you know because because my parents because we'd moved to Holton um, I used to have to be looked after and my sister did you know after school finished or during the summer holidays yeah. when we, in the bits when we went on holiday yeah. in America when your parents were working yeah exactly yeah. so we'd be knocking around St. Alfred's, um, St. Alfred's Park which is just behind near where I grew up which is Elmhurst yeah so we moved from Elmhurst um, out to the village and um it was mad because we'd gone from a real small bloody house to a big one to my dad and mum made money so we upscaled but before then, it was it was real hand to mouth. Before then, so I guess I've made up for it quite handsomely <laughs> afterwards. But the thing was, right? So you know, having a knockabout in the street with you know with Robert and Andy and uh, Dave May and, and Barry and Lee and all these good dudes that I grew up with, and that was a rite of passage. You know, that's yeah. how I learned about the facts of life, blah blah blah, all that, all that. Yeah, thing yeah, through, yeah. You know, through through that stuff. Um, but yeah, so that got flipping you into back, trainers, yeah, got into trainers. We were into trainers. Yeah. I remember when Rob right because right, Rob, Rob, and Andy's family were 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 like five generations deep. supporting Man U, right? And this is when Liverpool were winning everything, right? So I supported Man U with them, right? right? Dave Sexton was the manager, and I was crying my eyes out when we get beat and all all sorts of stuff, right? And um, I remember when Rob, he 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 was the first one to get a real proper banging pair of brand name shoes, and he had these Adidas, and I was like, whoa. And then he switched. And I remember talking to him like three years ago or whatever. Why did you buy New Balance, right? Before, you know, after you had the Adidas, right? And he goes, because Brian Robson got sponsored by New Balance. Don't you remember? And I was like, oh, yeah, like that. So Rob was the first dude to have New Balance shoes ever, right? That I knew. Yeah. I don't know what model he had or what it was, but a New Balance has always been expensive. Yeah, yeah you know what yeah. I'm saying it's like proper stuff. So his first paycheck, you know, working working at the garage, you know, on a pair of those, and yeah, those sort of memories are sort of indelible. And then, um, you know, me having whatever, and and then looking at rap videos and looking at skate videos and going, yeah, I want those, I want those. Do you know what I mean? Blah blah blah. When did you? When did I mean when, the when I, the one thing I remember. Right, is getting the Rocks watching the Rocksteady Crew right video for Hey Were You the Rocksteady Crew, seeing what they're wearing, not knowing what they are and wanting them. And then when I went to America going, I need to find those shoes. Couldn't find them for love and money because my cousins were younger than me, yeah. my auntie and uncles and that, I ain't got a clue. Do you know what I mean? Not I didn't know. Right no, 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 no one's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And they were Nike Vandals. Yeah. Right. And they were the canvas ones, do you know what I mean? And it was like you know, it was it was just one of the and they weren't you couldn't get them in Ellsbury. Yeah. And if you could get them in 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 London, you had to know where to go exactly, to get them. Right to... exactly.
0: Back then, when you like when it became about the clothes and the, the trainers, did yeah. you start collecting it, or was no, it? No, it was no. just um, these are what I'm wearing for the next six weeks, ten, twelve weeks, three, yeah, four, man. five months, yeah. and then it's the next pair. Yeah, and, yeah you know So I mean? that's how it was, yeah, you know. Yeah.
1: And, and it, it really started gathering momentum because I met my mate Mark Priest, who I grew up with. Yeah, <laughs> right. He was um, originally the DJ in a group called um, Triple Element. Um, which was Silver Bullet's yeah. crew because Silver Bullet used to hang out in Ellsbury, because he used to live in Leighton Buzzard up the road, mm-hmm. and Gerald, um, who was part of the Ellsbury posse, was his right-hand dude, um, who's later become mates. They're right naughty boys, I swear. Down, you know. I mean, the things that he used to do them lot. <laughs> anyway, right. Um, it, it was quite yeah. So there was Robbie doing his stuff with Caveman. Man. I think I think Robbie was meant to produce stuff for Bullet, uh, but it didn't happen. I don't know what happened. There was loads of stuff going around. Uh, my mate Les was in Triple Element. Conrad was the other MC in Triple Element. No, it was Priesty the DJ. I can't remember. Luggy produced, I think, and Les Alert produced stuff, and so Bullet was the other guy in Triple Element. And Conrad, who later became the MC for Bookham. So when you see Brookham and Conrad, yeah, yeah. that's Conrad. So he grew up with us, right? So, yeah, that was all going on. Um, and there's all these little different things. And it was mad because Aylesbury, 40 miles northwest outside of London, was yeah. making all this stuff happen, right? And it was dope. And, and yeah, I'm, then I started going to the jams. I started going to the jams with them a lot. So I'd go to Talking Loud. I'd be—I got my car. I used to drive. I got insured on my dad's car, so I'd become one of the designated drivers. So I got in Wicked. like that, and I was yep. driving this huge Merc. It was like yes. my dad bought a second-hand Merc. Right, it was like driving my front room. It was so smooth, <laughs> but with power. I ended up writing it off. Yeah, which, which anyway, that's another story. But. um yeah, I remember we. we yeah, we used to, I used to bomb up because I wasn't dry, I wasn't drinking that much, and um, so we used to drive up to. We used to drive everywhere. We used mm-hmm. to drive up to Wickham to go watch um, to 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 the Wickham Six and and go watch stuff, and uh, we'd watch House Party up there and and all those sort of films and all that kind of stuff, and we'd drive to London and we'd go to Talking Loud. We'd go to uh, the Underworld in Camden. I remember seeing Omar perform with, with wow. Robbie. So Robbie Robbie Giles Peterson was like all over Robbie because it's caveman. Westwood is all over Robbie because yeah. it's a caveman, right? And um, I remember when Robbie got signed. I remember when we're, I'm in his bedroom and he's making all the beats. Do you know what I mean? I didn't hear positive reaction, made. I hear little bits after. And then after everything subsequently, he'd run stuff by me and his brother Danny um, in his bedroom. Because it was like literally a two-minute walk from my mum's... My mum's... Um, you know, uh, pharmacy to go to his house and he had his bedroom up top. You know I mean? His mum used to make his food and all sorts of bits. Uh, we used to listen to Westwood together and all, sort, all sorts of things. So, so it was mad, right? It, yeah. So you got this whole thing going on, yeah, going through all these breaks, which eventually became, the, you know, he, he, him, Danny, his brother was like, this like little brain, like he knew, his knowledge of breaks was insane, right? And it, we would go digging and, all sorts. We were way ahead of so many people. So it was nuts. crazy. That
0: is so right? nuts. That London
1: has... was playing catch-up with us. When you look at... If you see that classic picture of Silver Bullet taken by Normski outside the Lloyds building...
0: Yep. Yes, I know the problem. Every
1: single one of those guys is Aylesbury, yeah. apart from Bullet and Mo. Right? That's the Aylesbury posse there. S- That's all the guys I know. Right? You saw the style, right? In terms of style... That yes, picture I'm it. encapsulates yeah. the levels right there. And that's what you, you had to deal with at Ellsbury, right? So when I say to people, yo, we were ahead, it's not arrogance thing, but our style was more ahead than anywhere. I wonder what that was. And it's kind of crazy. I don't know why. So, you know, I used, we used to the jams, and we would be the steesiest people in the jam. Because, like, Gerald had his ZXs on, and... And um, you know, and, and someone had the Reeboks on, or Juan had his Reeboks on, or I had mine on, and boom, we were just like flexing on another level. And I also had the additional advantage of being able to go to America. And Robbie would go to New Music Seminar and come back. I yeah. remember coming when he came back in 1991, He had the Bo Jacksons, the Air Trainer Max with a strap in black and white, and we we're going, "What the hell you got on it?" And he had the Bo Jackson. Um, SC3s with the 34 and the Raiders colour on the back and everyone's going what and the only other dude I remember seeing with the 34 in the back was Kofi when he worked at um, when he worked at Olymp- no he worked at JD Sports opposite the plaza um, in in Oxford Street years ago and I was yeah. like where did he get them from do you know what I mean Yeah, he, I still bump into Kofi on occasion but anyway right so the, the levels were really really high and obviously when Bullet and Gerald and that lot went on tour right it was next level because they went on tour with Public Enemy
0: yeah
1: I don't even know what anecdotes what was going on I don't know what kind of japes they were getting up to you know what I mean because you know but and then the, there was the whole the whole acid house the whole rave thing which I didn't really mess with because we were pure hip hop you know what I mean but all that was going on and then like, there, was a, there, was a, there was a schism there was a schism with all the dudes who got pissed off with the aggression of hip hop yep you know, and like, and they just found pills and all that kind of stuff, and you got started getting loved up, and then dancing in the field and stuff, and they went to all the early raves and all that kind of stuff. Then there was my mate. But Ted. you stayed with hip hop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, you, you, you could not separate yourself from what was going on. No, But no. He, he, because it was there. Mean, but you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. I remember going to the Milk Bar in ninety, 90 Danny Rampling's club in nineteen ninety one. When my mate Eddie Devito, he had a convertible white beetle, and he used to he used to drive us up. And I remember going to the house, you know, we got the milk bar, pay to get in, blah, blah, blah. We had no problem getting it. But I didn't even think about, you know, trying to blag it. But, um, it was mad going to Danny Rampton because it was all house and Eddie's in his house yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, he might've been getting, he might've been popping. I don't know what, anyway, we were driving, we, we, we have the fucking hood down in the freezing cold, driving up the <laughs> A40 to all the way up to like behind the Astoria. Right. So that was going on. And then, um, and then uh, yeah I remember hearing Gangstar played in there for once a jazz thing I was like going, oh, what I was like mad so yeah we'd do that we'd go then uh, another thing we'd go to Talking Loud we'd go to all that we'd go to the you know the Fridge and Brixton and Talking Loud or we'd go to Underworld in Camden where we remember seeing Omar Incognito perform like real tiny before Kung Fu ever existed there Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean years like, before stuff, way before yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, loads of different things and there's things I'm probably forgotten about as well Westwood Jams in Tottenham and this is and this, that and like, boom
0: so you're, you're out in Ellsbury mm. and you, obviously you're, you're, your firm are like, they're representing in a major way yeah. in the beginnings of the scene popping off in this country. Yeah, exactly. Like they're holding the town down, yeah. like they're showing everyone else. And yeah. Oh, I'll tell you one story, right? Netflix. Okay. Check this out. right? I don't know how common
1: knowledge this is. And, and Ronnie, I'm sorry about this, mate. But uh, right. So the Hijack album. Yeah. We had the Hijack album on tape right two years before it came out because right cbs was based in aylesbury which later became sony music right and rhyme syndicate um was signed to cbs i think you know i'm trying to think right okay we somehow someone was working at cbs got hold of the horns of jericho tape right or something, and it got dubbed heavily, right? And we were all listening to Hijack's debut album, the one that didn't come out at the time, because when it had to come out due to sample clearance, I had to change it. Yeah. And we were all disappointed that it didn't come it out. wasn't the one. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, subsequently years later, they 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 released it anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? On that double vinyl, but um, yeah. That amazing, was another funny man. Two thing. Years. Yeah, yeah, at least two years holding down some fucking <laughs> yeah. We had some amazing stuff on the goal. early. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I remember chat. You know, and, and it was quite mad because Robbie used to trade breaks and and put on a lot of people to a lot of stuff. But there was this other thing that happened, right? I remember so, dude that was a year above me in school called Brian Garvey, right? And he was he was the older brother of my mate Redmond, who was in my class, right? So Brian Garvey, and I think it was size specs to the creators knew each other I think it was size specs but anyway Brian Garvey did this fanzine right it was called Concrete Funk it was printed black and white um on A4 f- and folded together and stapled right it was pre Big Daddy magazine it was pre Wax Poetics yeah. right this thing, I think it was only about 3-4 copies ran it would go into the science of the breaks wow you would see the list of what they were putting up on there. It was a, f- it was an education and a half, and who was putting that together? A guy called Brian Garvey, right, yeah. and okay. I okay. think Cy Cy Specs because yeah. it was because I think Brian was going to college in High Wycombe, and he might have met Cy Specs then. So there was a lot of deep knowledge of breaks going on that really set the levels because the thing is dudes like the Outlaw Posse like KG and Bello and that were going to Robbie, you know, and they were they were trying to trade breaks with him and Robbie was getting out and he was doing stuff and he was about to do a lot of more stuff. Um never realised his potential. Um and but he achieved a lot with mm. as you know we did, you know, subsequently. But it was kind of mad because um yeah he, he was just like, yeah, you know, blah blah, blah and he'd gone westward and you know, and all this kind of stuff. I remember driving around iwickham with Danny trying to find where the, the video for one of the Caveman um, tracks was, but we couldn't find where they were because we left it at a different time and no mobile phones back then. No, of course not. You don't know where yeah, the hell yeah. they are. They could be anywhere, do you know what I mean? All this kind of stuff. When did um, you um, start DJing them? Was that back then? No, no, no. I was collecting records though since yeah. the 80s. And I, was, I remember getting like, Lord Finesse. you know, the, you know, Mike Smooth, Return of the Funky Man, out of our, our price records in Fry Square. Okay. Then, you know, there was another there was another record store called Record House as well that used to buy stuff. But I used to, you know, I remember them giving me, you know, let me buy the the bomb the bass beat disc promo about six months before it came out and stuff like oh, that. Nice. You, they'd get the promos, they'd have to do their buying mm. from the promo. Do you know what mm. I mean? This is the track that's coming yeah. out. You know, it's going to be big. How la, many la, do la, you want? How yeah. many do you want? This la, 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 all this kind of stuff. That's how it used to go. Yeah. And trying to get promos back then was was well tough. Do you know what I mean? Because you don't get, on get it lists, if it's a buyer. Yeah, yeah exactly. You had to be you have to be you, have to, be, you have to be working at a record store. Mm. Which I guess fueled my passion for working at a record store at a later date. But yeah, so I was buying vinyls from the early. How I was did buying it go? vinyls, I was buying comics, I was buying whatever. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It was
0: just How did it go after college?
1: Um, well, i i you know, I was just, I just I was thinking, do I go to university or not? Didn't didn't go to university in the end. Robbie didn't go. Well, mate, Ted, who I was in school with, didn't go. He started working at CBS, and he now is the president of um, Virgin Records. Nice. He <laughs> yeah. done well. Yeah, so he's done right. Good man. Yeah, he's, he's a right old one. Oh, Ted's got tails, man. I've got to catch up with him, actually. I'll be hopefully catching up with him later this week. But anyway, so he elevated all the way up, quite rat- mad. He used to promote. He was a promoter on the early. There was this place called the Wellhead in Wendover. And... Um, a lot of the big bands that would eventually become massive in the indie scene. He booked them first there. Um, DJs as well. I think Andy Weatherall all played there and stuff and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it was in the, you know, it's a place in the bloody countryside, just outside of the village. And, you know, a lot of the raves also happened outside of Ellsbury and yeah, yeah. the surrounding, in the surrounding, um, farm, farmlands spreading out from bucks into Oxfordshire and maybe probably Hertfordshire. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was quite a mad, mad, mad time. Um, yeah, and also in Ellsbury, there's a record store at Dom and Garth, these house, these lovely guys, and they were well connected, and um, you know they were DJing everywhere, and they were, you know there was people buying records off them mm. and, and and stuff. And so it was doing the house.
0: What kept you with? Kind of what crazy. kept you with the culture though? Like because you know when you we, we we're growing up, and as a teenager, mm. we get into these cultures, and, yeah. you know it's it's the steps afterwards. It's like when you everyone starts working or mm. goes off to uni yeah. or like moves out of the town. Yes. How do you stay with it? Like what happens? I, don't do you-
1: I ain't got a clue. I haven't got an answer. It just is. Do you know what I mean? I mean, my, 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 my love for new music and forward thinking and just exploring and, and checking out new stuff It hasn't diminished.
0: No, it stayed. It stayed. Carried on. Yeah,
1: that sort of youthful naivety. I guess I don't know. But maybe it's tempered with a bit of wisdom.
0: I don't know. I don't think it's youthful naivety. It may start with that. Yeah. But it grows. Yeah. Because it's it can't be youthful the knowledge you have. No. It's not possible to be youthful the knowledge you have. That is very true. So youthful naivety. Yes. Yes. At the beginning, we're like that. Yeah. But not as grown men. No. As grown adults. It's just. It's yeah it's more and more knowledge, and it's
1: quite mad because the thing is when i look at things and i look it back and i'm like yo where's all the people i'm with and i've grown up with and i'm like where are they you know it's 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 a funny thing but you know i'm still actively part of it i guess but i'm always like you know i'm just chill i will just go with a wave well, there's no it, there's no deliberate design in which to sell or achieve or whatever. You just go with a flow. You just be good to people and just don't, you know you get a cut of the, cut of the, um, the grass. Is that is that a it, saying? I, I don't
0: remember. know. I, I know tell
1: you what, what, right? Or, or run of the cloth. as it, someone in a snooker might do. It's it.
0: I think you're you without the culture. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree with that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't need the culture to be kish. No, but the it. But you can speak through the culture. Yes. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Okay. I'll agree. Because with that. It, it, hmm. I don't know. You supp- you seem to have, and you have. I mean, I know you've, you've achieved an awful lot as well, like, and I'd like to get into those bits and pieces, of the yeah. things you've done. But like, yeah, just the. I don't think it's even about the culture. It's you. Yeah. And yeah, how you hmm. how you voice things and view things and see mm-hmm,
1: things. Maybe. I mean, you know, I've been very blessed in, in in having all these sort of like moments
0: um you've made some amazing connections
1: yeah just mad do you know what I mean so i remember okay so robbie's robbie's in the studio and going oh yeah 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 and he goes yo what do you think of this rapper you know what do you think who do you think's a real hardcore hard british rapper and he had a real problem with the flow he, he was very uh, critical of, of the rap flow of UK, a lot of uk right. rappers yeah um one in terms of accent and two in terms of their flow um and he, he was very particular about who he wanted to work with and he goes yeah I'll come across this MC and I go who is it he goes MCD I'd never heard of him at that time and he goes yeah he's silent eclipse and um, I'm going to work with him I think and I think he must have been introduced to him by a Hank from Monroe Studios which is at the bottom of Holloway Road yeah. um, where they recorded the caveman stuff and a lot of people a lot of other people recorded there um, Hank was very instrumental um, in, in the UK hip hop scene I don't think he gets enough credit but um yeah he was he's he's super super critical to the story i don't i'm not not too qualified to talk about hank because i only met him a couple of times but um you know he's very he's a very critical component and an unsung hero of the of the british hip-hop scene um which some people are calling brickcore and i was like that taste that is disgusting that term and it was never called brickcore back then and anyone referring to it like that have a word of yourself yeah. hip hop um and some of my friends refer to it like that, and I'm like, Yo, I think even disorder does. I was like, Mate, come on, P, come on, bruv. It's not brick core, it was never called brick core call back then. What the, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, whatever, right? Um, but, I mean, we all know from that time that you know, hardcore happened from it, and uh, then that turned into jungle, it turned into drum and bass, and all that kind of stuff, but you know, come on, man. So, anyway, right? Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was a nice time, so. Robbie goes, yeah, I'm going to work with MCD. I go, all right, cool. Do you want a come to the studio session? So I go, all right, fine. I drive. I think I drive us. I drive us up. I drive us up from Elsworthy Holloway Road. Um, Kiss FM, I think, was on Holloway Road, yep. Road at the time. Um,
0: Next door. It's to the quite rocket. funny
1: because I don't live that far from from there. Now from there now, it's really <laughs> bizarre. But uh, I never would have envisaged that in any in any sort of way. But the thing is, yeah. So we went to. So I met. I met um, MCD. And I met Fusion, his producer, Silent Eclipse. Psy, top boy. I was, um, you know, I've kept in touch with him over the years. Um, Darren, I don't know where he is at the moment, but, you know, that's another story. Oh, he, never, he never achieved his potential. <coughs> but he was too... Um, he was very intense, dude. Darren. Very talented. That's why Rodney P name checks in. But, um, so I'm there in Monroe when they're doing the Damned EP. And then I'm talking to Sai. I think we went a couple of times, um, and uh, and Sai's going, "Yeah, where'd you get your records from?" And blah blah blah. So I'd go. I said to him, "I would go to let's break it down because I can do that now. Because back then you never told your spots. We'd go to Solar Records in Brixton. That's where I got Tim Dog Funk And I remember going to uh, there with Danny. We'd go to I think it was called Piccadilly Records in the Trocadero, where a guy called Ollie worked who used to hook us up with some nice stuff." um unity records which was read before that on on uh, that place. which was on beak street yeah beak street um was my favorite shop. yeah right um and at that time where else did we go we would go to Soul Sense in Luton, which freaked Napper out the other day on Instagram. He was like, "You know about Soul Sense?" What? <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, mate. Used to drive from Millsbury to Luton, mate. What are you talking about?" We'd just go wherever the wherever, wherever the things was. I remember going to um, when I was in Manchester in ninety one, ninety two, uh, going to. one of the record stores there at the time I can't remember what it was
0: wasn't it nuts man but yeah I'm so glad I experienced the 90s yeah right do you know what I mean I didn't obviously wasn't out oh Groove Records Groove Records Groove
1: yeah and then when Ben and uh, Chris um, Rhythm Doctor and the other dude who worked there um, left I think they created Sound Source Records on Monmouth Street and later on um, Neil Street or Erland Street um that was a spot we went to... Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, was, we went to Salt to Soul a couple of times in Camden, but I thought it was overrated. Uh, bloody hell. What else was there? Anyway, there were spots. Yeah. And then there was the record tapes and all that kind of stuff. And anyway, you go beat digging. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, then... Then around 93, so Bongos, Hewitt started up at Bongos. Oh, we used to get a Tower of Records as well. Oh, yeah. um HMVs, Virgins, and all those sort of things. So, they used to get import records
0: as well. Yeah. we go anywhere, you get records. Really oh, that was the wicked, day. man. And yeah. was all the records shops, but then you did have a yeah. big couple of the big yeah, ones, yeah. Exactly.
1: As well. Then Catch a Groove opened up after with Destiny and Matt Wyatt.
0: you ever go down to MSM and Camden? Um, that MSM, that's later. That's later, oh, yeah. that's later, late later with,
1: with, with Des and Chris. Chris yeah, that's late. Yeah. That's late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh then Bongos opened up with Hugh yeah. and um Kev Kevin Beadle.
0: With graffitism upstairs.
1: Um that I think graphitism moved up after. Later. This is when it was on Lexington Street oh, on Lexington. before Poland right. Street, yeah, yeah. right? Okay. Well I'll pitch hadn't even opened, right? Um I got tight with all the record stores somehow. We all did. I don't know. Anyway, that happened. Um I'm trying to think where the hell else we were anyway, so I'm talking to my mate. Si- i'm talking to fusion simon you know in monroe and he's going yeah do you know about liberty grooves and i was like no because i have to take you there i was like really what is it it's in Tooting." and i was like, all right then let's go then i remember seeing the logo and i was like oh god it was that bait ass bloody rap label that that was advertising in um hip-hop connection or that graffiti logo do you remember it I with think the, I with the Statue of Liberty, is I think the, I the do thing, remember yeah, it. Cause it's because it's Liberty Grooves. Pretty cool logo, actually. Anyway, end up going there, end up meeting uh, Johnny F, who would later re- later rip me off. But yeah, I remember because I was working and because uh, uh, I was still living at home in Ellsbury, right, or just outside of Ellsbury. And I was, work- I, you know, I had X amount of income, right. I, you know, my parents didn't ask me for rent, which is pretty. Pretty blessed. Mm, let's be real, very real. um So I had a bit of money. Where so you- I, I would go when I. So when I started got Liberty Grooves and and I would help fund Johnny's buying trips to to New York. Ah, right. So he'd come back with promos and stuff. Pretty naive of me. It's a lesson. So it's, it's a lesson that stood uh, that stands with me to this day. But he would buy them, and he'd flip them for a profit, and then I'd end up buying some of the promos, and that would, I'd get my money back that way, and it'd be like hang about. How does that work? I mean? If you think about it, because he wasn't giving me any discounts, yeah. right? And he was taking the profit out of the money I'd given him. He's like, hold on a sec, we should actually be splitting this 50-50 and... Anyway, whatever. So, Liberty grooves That's where I meet a lot of people. I meet Mark B, rest in peace. Whoa. I meet Julian from The Creators. I meet Ty. I meet The Brotherhood. I meet Remy Ruff. I meet... Um, I meet a lot of people there. Big Ted. Where was it? Shorty Blitz. It was in Tooting. Was it on the Broadway? I think so, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking hell. So, so it, 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 it was, it was actually a little meeting point Yeah. for anyone into it. the South London scene. And it's where I ended up meeting the gutter snipes. Yes. Right? So Cell, yeah. Russell, and Prime Cuts. But at the time, actually, it was first rate it was the original DJ, mm. which I didn't realise. But um, yeah, which is quite mad. And um, I, what, ended what up fund- I ended up funding the Trials of Life EP. Did you? Never got my money back. That's where I got ripped off. Right. Yeah, without me injecting the cash. They wouldn't have got it out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That was all my cash. Do you
0: know what I mean? Yeah. So you were just working a job? Yeah, it I was went, working at a Mexican restaurant. Right, so were weren't in Jenny. the scene, it he was just like, make some money and I'm going to use my money.
1: Yeah, on. to help facilitate some stuff or yeah. put some something in. And he goes, yeah, 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 you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And it was a very genius marketing plan at the time. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll be real. Um, and Johnny had connects and he knew people. Um, but he lived in the back of the shop. Um, and when you think about it, it as well, figured. and he was a man, he bullshitted a lot. He, he bullshitted a lot, but he put. I learned a lot off him and I got a lot of stuff out of it. And I met Mark B. Um, and he tried to put a wedge between me, me and Mark B, actually. He'd say, like, Mark B was racist and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff, which couldn't be further from the truth. Mm. But I remember, and that's why, another reason why, you know, Johnny F to me is poison. But at the time, right, it was all blessed. It was so, all part. Yeah, yeah. And then we'd go, we'd go to the Word. He had a hookup. So we'd go to the Word, and we saw Craig Mack perform. We'd Brilliant. go to Flavor of the Month because he was tight with numbers. Um. And, and 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 so we'd got a Flavor of a Month at um, the Borderline. Um, and that's where we saw the Roots. God, the I rem- Borderline. I remember, remember yeah, yeah, the yeah, Flyers. Yeah, yeah, right. And I remember seeing... um And Flavor of the Month was impossible to get into, but we, yeah. we we were in. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, it was that kind of thing. And Robbie had given up music by then. So it was me sort of like flying solo on the dolo. Do you know what I mean? And, um... Because he had turned to Islam. And he gave up music because he thought it was Haram. Um... And he was, and Robbie was never wanting to do anything by halves but it was a shame because the last thing that I think he did a couple of remixes of Caveman he did the MC you know this MCD project and I think that was the last thing he did mm. I think uh, he was going to do this concept album with Hank from Monroe um, doing it he was going to do half singing half rapping half instrumental that's well, not half at all but a third I mean, yeah, yeah, right you know a third rapping a third with a vocal you know it was whoever's going to sing you know because obviously we loved massive attack yeah. we, we loved loose ends we loved all of that stuff you know what i mean smith and mighty blah 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 that mm. whole scene permeated through everything as well at the same time and port his head um and um yeah and he, then he wanted to instrumental as well which would have been pretty conceptually that predates like what pete rock was doing with soul mm. survivor crazy like how many years and things like that do you know what I mean, you got to think about how far advanced we're thinking here yeah And, um, yeah, it was kind of mad. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of crazy. So, anyway, go to the clubs, boom, boom, boom. Meet Big Ted, you know, Shorty. I meet Sniper. I meet, you know, Principal Mark and all these people. Do you know what I mean? It's mad. I meet uh, Lee... Um, who's mad on his old school, man. That guy is crazy. My eyes got opened up because just, you know, when you think you know everything about hip hop. And then all of a sudden... Then suddenly it was like, oh, we got test presses. We got promo only releases. We got, you know... All this stuff happening, do you know what I mean? And I'm just like, whoa, acetates. We're going on a next level thing. I mean AJ from Hard Noise there. You know, and, and all this kind of stuff. And it was just mental. I remember the gutter snipes promo shop being because I had a Jeep, right? I had a Daihatsu, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I bought a Dai- you know, I got a Daihatsu jeep, you know, sort of like like a Suzuki Vitara, but a little bit less fucking hairdresser, mm-hmm. shall we say. Um but uh yeah, they they did photos outside you know, using my Jeep as a as a, as a I don't as even I don't I've to got to ask Stuart man, I've got to ask Cell about that if he's got any of the, the of, of the shots in, in you know them using my car. See, <laughs> I be nice to have. Yeah. I ain't got that. So yeah, so that was all going on and then um I remember uh the gutter snipes coming out, I never saw the money and then um and then freestyle then he was pumping the money into freestyle frenzies and so my money went into the freestyle frenzies. With, that he did with Stretch, Armstrong, yeah. who I met later on in life, um, who's, who's a mate now. But, and then I, and then there was the the, the mythical uh, Break a Bitch Neck 2, no, Break a Bitch Neck, Akinelli 12, which got pressed up on, on a test press. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: uh, and then that's all it ever made it to. Um, and I never got one of those. And my money got siphoned from the Freestyle Frenzies into that. So anyone who owns that record... That record is mine, is how I look at it, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, JP offered one up for sale the other week for about three grand. I'm like, nah, I, you know what I mean? It's, I, can't, I can't buy that, do you know what I mean? I can't, do you know what I mean? Good. But anyway, so... You know, uh, you know, it's just one of them life lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the Happens, day, man. do you know what I mean? So whatever, room. right? So yeah, and then I don't know what he, he his shop closed and all sorts and blah blah blah, and he went down, he went, he went, he went missing, MIA still to this day. Um, but I met a lot of people at that time, and then uh, yeah, things just transitioned, you know. And it was just like, you know, and then the whole thing, you know, moving to Brighton sort of came in a little bit after that and so on and what so forth. What did you forth. do in Brighton? Um, I worked at, yo, I tell you what, right? After the Mexican restaurant, I started working at a telesales company in Tame in Oxfordshire, which is the most debilitating. You know, the office, right? Yeah. Ricky Gervais. I've been exactly in like I've, that. I've
0: done that job, man. Fucking yeah, hell, there's some small
1: minded idiots. Exactly. Don't, Ricky man. Gervais, when about- I saw that, I was like, oh my God, that's my life at that point in time, <laughs> yeah. right? I never want to visit it again. Right, and it was just got these little freaking little alpha males. You like, yeah, oh man, is that your thing? Anyway, whatever. So exactly, very small, it's very small. And the thing is, when you on when you've got more savvy and you've got more acumen, the people above you, yet you cannot progress any further because they're not going to let-, let you, because they know and they try to keep you down. Then yeah. you just got to think, oh, you know, this is not really where we're at. Nah. So anyway, that's why another reason to m- to move to Brighton and get out but then I ended up uh, working at uh, Europe Assistance down there um, in just in Haywards Heath again in a bloody another office and it was yeah. the same fucking shit but I met right, two two good people out there Tim Erie who when I was at house and home he put me up for six months never forget that dude um, and my mate John Parker who's just literally just moved to, uh, to Australia hmm. um, the other the other week but um so you've but yeah so we were working in the office we were working you know doing looking after clients and stuff then right I got the opportunity so I was always buying records still and I was well tight with everyone and then I got the first chance to work at a record shop and I was at Mr Bongo's handling the mail order which uh which I could have done a lot better (laughs) let's be real but (laughs) I wanted to be upstairs serving the customers really yeah do you know what I mean that's what I wanted to do because I'm all about one-to-one interaction yeah but uh so i held it down at the mail order for a bit and then after that i went make when it work for major flavors for ronnie so you got into the actual business yeah yeah and this is where sh- where stuff started popping off yeah when we're there you know you're meeting everyone you're meeting more people i already knew people but yeah. then you're meeting more people and then the people i was buying records off were suddenly buying records off me and it was just really weird and i was just meeting loads and loads of people and we're going out we're going to scratch we're going to kung fu um, I never went to the hop for some reason I don't know why um, Kung Fu happened after Scratch though but Scratch yeah. you know what I mean still bless mates with, with Matt I haven't seen Robin Ages but and Richie Pitch as well bless but that was the time man. Mm. do you know what I mean and all that was happening and then the whole indie scene kicked off and then you know everything and then the second you could argue the second big wave of UK hip hop started happening then you know probably kicked off by the likes of Black Twang yeah um because without black twain there's no roots maneuver mm. because rodney started off you know guesting on on tony's stuff um then obviously rodney p was dropping his solo stuff and so on and the momentum from that yeah. you know you had your skinny man you had your task force you had yes. jest exactly. you know tommy evans blah. everyone yeah poisonous poets <laughs> like that deal real opened up yeah so pete and tony were doing their bits um, catch a groovy shut, but then, you know, all sorts of, anyways, it was all this, um, even before that, I remember, oh yeah, shit, yo, another one, was like, Handspun Records, so that was Pete's first incarnation, right, uh, where MK was selling the, were selling the tapes, That's right. Out, um, out of the converted public toilet on Darblay Street, I think it was, right, um, there was that going on, but, there was also this other one, right, Because in Notting Hill, I think there was another hand spun. Was it another offshoot of it? I can't remember. But Rob Corrigan, right, was the guy behind that one who later go on to open up Sound Library in New York. Yeah. Right? With another English guy called Steve, and then Jared worked there. Because when I was with Dan in New York, right, in 98, I had to go to Sound Library. Went to Sound Library bloody rob was behind the counter i was like what are you doing here this is my shop what yeah <laughs> okay nice anyway uh do you want to see the stuff i go yeah i'm looking at it now goes no do you want to see stuff took me in the back room boom pickings of whatever i wanted wow. I could, yo he blessed me because you dude he, you know yeah, we know yeah, each yeah. other for time in there i meet um who the hell did i oh god oh yeah i checked this out right so i think it was on my next trip i got my uh, i managed to my mate had a star wars ring um which he blagged um from the jeweler which i can't name that did it because they didn't have the license to do it but it's the most beautiful ring ever still got it to this day um but uh i'm in sound i would be flicking through the racks and dude next to me goes oh man i really like your ring i go yeah cool he goes, No, but I really like your ring. Will you sell it to me? I go, No. He goes, Yeah, go on. He goes, No, 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 no. Anyway, it was Rashad Smith yeah. with Tumbling Dice one day. He going, No, 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 I need the ring, man. I was going, You ain't getting this ring, brother. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that. I remember meeting him there. I remember meeting Rob Swift there. Nice. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was just that kind of spot, Sound Ivory. And I, can't, I really missed that. I really mm. missed that. There hasn't really been a record shop that was that deep. With the, you just had everything that was really hard to get. You know, if you wanted, you know, if you wanted Pete Rock Instrumentals, they had it. You know, this kind of level of stuff, yeah, do you know what I mean? You know, you know if you wanted a copy of Main Source, The Atom, they probably had it, do you know what I mean? Um, when did
0: you um, start stacking the trainers then? When did that... Well, the thing, thing
1: is, this is the... Th- oh yeah, this is the thing, right? So, I was saying, right, so my boy Mark Priest, right, who I think was the original DJ and Triple N run, anyway, his, his Adidas collection was deep. It was Mr. Adidas because he's run run-DMC fanatic, right? had rivalries, he had forums, had all these bloody, I don't know where he was getting because he weren't telling me where he was getting them. I think he was, I didn't know, right, this is the mad thing, I did not know about Adidas Connection on Tottenham Court Road, right, all through that time, right, when it was there. And, uh, because, you know, and I also remember going to Wood Green as well, in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, which you wouldn't do, but I did. Yeah. Right, Mr. USA was there. That's right. And I was told that there was a st- trainer store around there, right, couldn't find it. Subsequently, I now know where it once stood, right? In Brixton, there was another one, right? I knew, kept on hearing about That's why me and Danny, when we were going to Solar Records, we were trying to find out where the hell it was. It's mm. on one of the back streets off the main strip. I don't think it was Electric Ave. I don't think it was that. I think it's the other way, right? Um, more towards Stockwell, right? You'd hear about these spots. Do you know what I mean? I knew about the one on Grove, Ladbroke Grove up the top, which used to get import trainers, we knew about generals four star generals mm-hmm. which is overpriced but yeah we knew about utopia we knew about all the spots that you could certain get certain bits um, but it was some that eluded us to that day but anyway Priesty he had oh man he, he had these shell toes that, that still haven't made the shape the same way do you know what I mean he because the, the toe was just different to yeah. anyone it was just oh my god it was it would just crack. I think he still got, I think he, I was with him the other day. I don't know if he's kept them or not, but he's an idiot if he didn't. You know I mean? Anyway, he's done some daft things. We all have anyway. So no shots, Mark. Do you know what I mean, we've all done daft things, but he had this. And the thing is, I remember he was the dude who had the most trainers. Yeah. But the thing is, I started getting to the point. Yeah. Where I started getting a bit of money because I'm working.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm not throwing anything away. So the rotation starts getting a little bit deeper get and up. deeper and just build, builds and builds and builds. And then I'm going at the sale, and I'm going to go. Okay, I can get those shoes for like a tenner, twenty quid, or whatever, um, and so on and so forth. And wherever I would go in the world, I would be looking for the sneaker shops as well as the record stores yeah so we went to Paris for the first time we was trying to find they had no links to anywhere anyone in Paris we were flying blind just walking you were just yeah we were just walking here and there and you didn't want to go too far because Paris was naughty yeah and as speaking
0: English oh you're fucked yes they're gonna eat your life yeah
1: exactly so there, there's that and unless you knew people and we didn't I didn't know anyone at the time from, from Paris do now I know Paris like yeah. the back of my hand I've got links like for days which is blessed but back then it was like whoa I hated Paris it's like where the part where the, where, the, where the jams where are we got to go and dudes I was with I ain't got a clue do you know what I mean so yeah, my boy Eamon, um he's half French, half Irish, you know, his his um his family lived um I can't remember where, um just outside of Paris and we you know, we we'd drive in or whatever, but yeah, we drive in one time, he didn't know what the hell we're doing, we don't know where we were parking, we just parked up and we just potted around, we went around La and all that and that's all we knew. We went to FNAC, and that's about as good as we got with the record stops, not realising if we just walked like a hundred metres north of that, everything was there. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> To, you know what i'm saying which i let, subsequently found out on my next trip but anyway whatever but um fitted new era hats first time i could get them um outside of london because you can only get them from slick willies or mr usa um in wood green um was was uh you know in paris in the footlocker there was no footlockers in london they
0: were just there right
1: there was a footlocker Outside of Paris in their hometown. Because Footlocker Yeah, this is the thing, right? The footlockers that the foot at the time, I recall, because Eamon went to university in Aston, in Birmingham, there was a footlocker in Birmingham. There was a footlocker in Bristol. And I think there was a footlocker in Manchester. There wasn't one in London. Then the first one opened up in Clapham. There's the only one for ages. For years, so when I had to, when I was coming up from Ellsbury or when I was coming up from Brighton yeah. to go to the foot, and there was a footlocker in Brighton, eventually opened up as well. But when I was going, you know, it was a schlep to get to I had to go to Clapham and to go down there. I'd go to Clapham Junction. It was in yeah. Clapham Junction I had to walk there. So coming from Ellsbury you know, it was a bit of a, yeah. bit of a mish. But everything was a mission back then. Always. But yeah, I'd just go anywhere. I'd go south east, whatever. Boom! I'd go to Croydon. I used to go to Beano's <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, we'd go, we'd go wherever, wherever the beats were, wherever the records were. We're going, yeah. we're going in. Um, there was another record store in Croydon as well. I can't remember what it was, but we used to drive from, we used to drive from Tooting, from Grooves Liberty Grooves to that spot. I can't remember what it was called, and someone can help me out with this one. Anyone listening in, you know, I'd be blessed to know that.
0: Um, but yeah we went everywhere I don't remember the names of the quid in shops mm, it never went down that
1: way mm, it, was, it was an effort do you know what I mean but yeah so you're always on a hunt you're always on a oh I you know what's going on boom 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 and then you're getting trainers and you're just building it up you're getting vinyl you're building it up you're getting your comics you're getting your garms, and you had to get your garms. you had to be well early on the garms. do you know what I mean and that was a whole other thing yeah. because you had your spots you know in the late 80s early 90s so after M Zone you had Bond's yeah, but you had Passenger, you had Swank. MASH. Uh, you had MASH. You had Swank uh, on Old Compton Street. You had um, oh Chippy, obviously. Um, you had Utopia in Camden, which later moved to the bottom of King's Road. You had American Classics, which later opened up on on King's Road at the bottom. Um, you had Simon Porter doing his stand in the Bluebird Garage with Flying Records was it Flying Records Boys Own not Flying Records Boys Own hmm. they were in there and they had to stand he, yeah that's when I first met Simon Porter who'd later open up Flying on Kings Road um, but yeah um but um yeah so had to know where this, the spots were so all these spots you're having to hunt around and boom boom go here there and you know making sure you got all the, the latest the latest the latest clothes man or, working or, clothes. Hard or, or, or yeah just making sure you got the stuff first or you got stuff that no one else has got and obviously obviously going to america as well helps we out with that as well and um coming across stuff as well which is blessed yeah. you know what i mean but the mad thing was right okay so the thing is i moved to brighton yeah in 97, working in the a thing. Then I get a ch- chance to work in bongos. I was commuting from Brighton
0: I was going to say, so bongos. you stayed down there then, yeah. Yeah, man. Fucking Because I, I left Brighton in 2000, 2001. I got there in 2000.
1: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it was mad. Mm. And I remember I met loads of people in Brighton. I mean, Brighton was a funny one because it was very territorial mm-hmm. and a lot of people didn't want to help each other out. I mean, there's all smiles and that in, into your face, but when it comes down to the mechanics of wanting to help out. And the thing is, right, so this is when I first got into radio because Cy and Kurt, who I was super tight with, ended up living with Cy for a bit. Um, they were, gen- you know, they're both genius producers. They were in a group called Strata 3, which was, had a couple of releases on Skint, um, and they were hip-hop heads, but they were just music heads, and they are very talented. Um, and then Grant Scratchy um, was there, was also a really good producer. And the thing was, was this, oh, I'm trying to remember who the, f- guy called Eugene and another guy who were instrumental in helping set up Kiss mm. in London moved, were living in Brighton and they wanted to set up a radio station and sign and Kurt were in, you know, well, Kurt predominantly was in talks because, and, um, we ended up managing to get a radio show. And we called it Beats the Rhyme after the run DMC. I can't remember. It wasn't me who came up with that name. I can't remember who came up with the name. It was anyway, it was one of the three. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But we came up with the name for the show. They came up with the name. Someone came up. Anyway, so I'd be hosting it. Grant, Scratchy, co-host. What station
0: was it? Do you uh, it
1: was on uh, Surf. Oh, yeah. Surf 107, which later became Juice 107. Yeah, I
0: was about to say Juice,
1: yeah. Yeah. And um, the mad thing was... Because I was working at Bongos, even before I was working at Bongos, we, I, we had the show. Um, I had access to all the records that no one else could get in Brighton, and generally couldn't get anywhere. Because the thing is, the guys, you know, Hugh and that, would give me the records early, you know, or I'd go, I'd be I'd get them, and then I'd be able to play them, you know, as soon as I got them. Mm. Because I think our show was either on Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember which day it was. Um, that meant we were playing stuff first. Early. Yeah. We played J5 before anyone. We played Dilated Peoples before anyone. We played all these independent records before anyone. We went full full on. Wicked. Do you know what I mean? It was mad. Um, yeah, It was one of those ones where bongos weren't so indie it hated anything jiggy. And when you look at what jiggy is back then, it really isn't that jiggy if you think about it. Do you no. know what I mean? Apart from Diddy and that. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's more fucked out. But then, you know... Hugh was going through this thing, oh, we don't like any negativity and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, what? Do you know what I mean? You'll play Mob Deep, but then you won't play DMX. I'm like, hey, eh? Whatever. <laughs> anyway, right? It was all that. That's, what. That's you know, I was hanging out in bongos, but I was also shopping elsewhere for my records yeah, as well. Yeah. I'd go to Deal Real. I'd go get the Sporty Feast record. I'd go to um, see Ronnie and Jazz at Major Flavours. I would go, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. everywhere. I'd be just chill with everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's how it is. And... um,
0: what years were you doing mail order at Bongo's? When was that then? knows.
1: late nineties. Late nineties. Yeah, 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 late nineties. But yeah, so I was commuting from Brighton, and it was kind of mad. It kind of intense actually, because it was. I didn't realise how stressful it was at the time, but mm. it did take its toll on me eventually. And I had to. Uh, I ended up moving to London anyway because I started seeing. Um, uh, a lovely woman called Sarah who worked at Zonk a PR agency mm-hmm. uh, which did all the stuff for Raucus, uh Stone Throw and other people it was run by Harvey Harvey Jones and Sally and uh, you know great people S- still chat to Harvey to this day I'll do anything for that guy um, but
0: uh, yeah moved back up to the city so I moved, moved. First, no, first, first time, time. Yeah.
1: first time I knew London like and yeah. everyone I didn't even live in the city yeah it's mad um, so yeah ended up moving to Stratford where Sarah lived ended up you know cohabiting there for a bit and then we got our own spot um, um, in Kentish Town where I'm at now okay you know um, but yeah so you know it was just kind of mad just meeting all these people going to all these jams and yeah it's kind of crazy man and you've been and getting sneakers I mean, yeah. Because the thing is, when I cause on the Saturday in Bongo's, I'd be, be,
0: I'd be allowed to be on the counter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, Bongo's self- is the first shop to take my t shirts. That oh, yeah. and Four Star General, 2000, ah. 2001. Yeah, what happened to George? I want to find George, man. Yeah. You Do know, know what? Steve Bryden. Yeah, I know Steve. So, Steve put a photo up of him yeah. at the Carnaby Street store. Yeah. Like a, it was a sick photo, yeah. brilliant photo yeah. of George in the shop. Yeah. I didn't know him then I knew him in Camden
1: I knew him in Camden I, I went to the carnaby a couple of times but it was just too expensive yeah. and then when he moved to Camden George was the fucking
0: like I'd love he to he was a difficult George. mother suit, I, I got blessed with him eventually yeah, yeah. I, well, I, was a, I'm a, I was a kid to this big man yeah 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 so yes he took my t-shirts he treated me like shit but at the same time he sold me my first Montana paints that I got to use right as, when that first yeah, came in yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, but he was rude we all knew it he yeah, was rude I'd course. love to chat to him now. I'd love to know you, you know he he's still got Everything,
1: of course, he does. Like, now check this out. I was in Berlin like about five years ago or three years ago. I can't remember. Well, anyway, anywhere between three and five years ago, I'm outside Soto store. I had to be about three or four. So Bobito was DJ, and I got chatting to this guy, and he he knew George. Yeah, and he says, "Yeah, he's still got the stuff, but I never got his. I never got his guy's oh, deeds. Damn. I don't know why I didn't get his
0: deeds." Or
1: I did. And I lost them. I ain't got yeah. a clue. But he told me, yeah, George still got his stuff, and he's going to do but, um, something.
0: But I don't know what he's going to do. You're deep, like so. London, say London for the last like what twenty years? Then nineteen yeah. years. Yeah. You've been here, yeah, yeah, and you've gone through like a, a even more than what you've just spoken through. Yeah, like the, the trainer collection became a massive thing. Yeah, you dj yeah. and more, and yeah. more, yeah, 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 exactly. So then, HFM, um, yeah, so. I moved and I
1: initially did the trip to Brighton to do the show.
0: Right. So you are going um, back then to do the yeah, show? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But the thing is, Cy and Kurt didn't want to do the show anymore because they moved our slot and blah, blah, blah. I mean, we were, in a co- the shoot, the, the station was become a little bit more commercial. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there's other shows on there at the time. Skint had a show, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a massive time in Brighton's yeah. period. Um, it's not the same in Brighton at the moment. Um, you know, don't do not do not media aside, there's not a lot going on, sadly, um, in hip hop terms that I can see mm. from, from that angle, which is a shame.
0: But uh It's always had waves though.
1: But. Yeah, it has, it has, it has. I mean, you know, acknowledge yourself doing their thing. I we high the focus night. are base there. That's right, that's right. That's right. That. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: in terms of what a lot comes out of it but I know what you mean yeah. what, what what's you going see, on there yeah, what you see yeah. in the town it, it, it's like
1: everything it's, it's it does goes it, it's, it's exported yeah 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 it's yeah, an yeah, export exactly, market yeah 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 right?
0: there's lots yeah. going on but yeah. you don't see much of it because exactly it that's right
1: yeah. yeah so I mean you know we used to do you know Russ Duber used to do his jazz night at the jazz oh, Room. I used to and love and Russ yeah, man yeah we had our good night going on yeah oh is he yeah I haven't seen him for
0: ages oh my god I say good friend True Thoughts was there he's good friend yeah yeah True Thoughts was there yeah, yeah um yes yeah, Tom and them lot and that, that yeah balls,
1: yeah that? right yeah Paul and yeah. um oh god what's his name Rob, uh, Rob Louie yeah um and then Skint was there so you had um uh the old midfield general um right. and all that lot and fat boy and all, all that thing going off down there never met fat boy or anything not really I bothered anyway whatever but um but yeah um so General, you he- had Mac, you had you had, had, had all these people there you had my mate um oh crikey yeah there's loads loads going on so yeah Brighton was a thing and then um ended up meeting first down um through sign and, Kurt, and yeah. um then they would do a track with them i remember me meeting my boy ziggy who started blue juice you'll still chat to today Um uh, it was a crazy time there's loads going on in brighton um Big Beat Boutique that's um, right yeah all that stuff I remember being at the last night at the Big Beat Boutique um, where the Concorde got torn down yeah I was there and loads of stuff Essential Festival um, but the radio show finished radio show yeah well the radio show finished um, but the guys left it because it moved slot yeah uh so I I did it. I did it with Mex for a little bit. Uh, mix, yeah. yeah, and then he didn't want to do it no more. And then I did it on my own and that was it. And then, then they just I think they axed the show completely in the end. Do you know what I mean? But I was driving. I was driving from London to do it. Yeah. But uh then um I thought, you know what, let's do Itch. Because, you know, Itch FM was there and the boys were doing it and they wanted me on the show on the station. Boom. So I'd do Friday night and I'd be like yeah boom did that um, initially my DJ was size specs from the creators then he couldn't do it and then Ad, my boy Ad came up from else we did it then I did it with oh god who else did I do it with I did it with somebody else Um, and uh, yeah and MK and Ace had their show on before me then it was then it was then it was our show um, I think I called it The Beatdown I can't remember what the bloody hell I called it on each anyway Did on Itch. Um, all the locations, you know, from literally to one, I was living in Stratford at the time. I drive from Stratford to, 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 um, Camden. And, um, it's mad because I actually now live literally a five minute walk from where the first location for I did Itch FM. Wicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the blocks. Mad. And, uh, yeah. So, so, so crazy. Um, did the crack house uh, and then did, uh, did, did did the spot where I got busted. Yeah. I was the one who got busted on itch. I'm the one who took the fall. Fuck. Yeah. How was that? Uh, you know, you just got to be wise about it, haven't you really? At yeah. the end of the day, I ain't no snitch. Mm. So I didn't snitch. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm, um, stand by what I said do you know what I mean I, I don't know I don't know who runs it I ain't got a clue Fuck knows, I don't know do you know what no. I mean yeah, no, no. I've never hung out with them at all or gone to lunch or anything no. with them at all no. wouldn't we'll discuss no. business no. or how no. things go no, 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 no. No. I'll turn up do my show give my subs and then get the hell out
0: yeah some fucking you know burner mean?
1: phone yeah, Lord, yeah. exactly right but I remember response right whose gaff it was and it was in Morton and Crescent going oh you know what I've got a funny feeling you go what do you mean I think we've been watched and I was like what do you mean we've been watched like that and... I go, nah, nah, nah. We can't be even watched. Halfway through my... Sh- no, t- half an hour in my show. I was actually looking at the front room and go, oh, bollocks. They <laughs> 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 all piled in. Right? Take me downstairs. Everything power off. And he's still got my... The freaking. I was going to get my records back, right, as a condition of the court, and I still haven't got them back. What? I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to f- pursue that. Anyway, I only had a bag of records, but there were some test presses that I got given that day to play by yeah. low life. I can't remember who, who's bloody sh- I can't remember. It could have been anyone. Um, Oh, there's some stories behind that, isn't there? Low life. Let's be real. Um, Fucking hell. God almighty, that's a whole. That's a whole. Yeah. You know, a book, isn't there? <laughs> the amount of people who get ripped off. I feel bad about getting ripped off as a life lesson, but there's people who put in far more who got ripped off mm. by uh, Joey Brains, allegedly, shall I just say. I'd
0: love to know what really happened. Yeah. I've got mates of mine that were involved in that, yeah. and, I'd, I, I'm, yeah. and I hear their side of the story. Mm. I, I knew Joe a bit. Yeah, I got on well with him. I don't. I, I'm just like. But the thing is, I'm smart. just like.
1: I'm just like. You know what? When it comes down to it, you know, uh, if a, if, it, if your back is up against the wall, who are you going to look after? Number one. Ah, so you know, that's the bottom line. We don't
0: line. know what the story is. We don't, don't know
1: we? the story, but yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we don't know what the contracts were. We don't know anything. Anyway, whatever and the the accounting and la 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 and all that kind of stuff. And and it's just, it's
0: just, it's a sad story. Yeah. But um. You had some bits from him that day.
1: Yeah, and there's all bits, and uh, yeah, anyway, so it's, yeah, going downstairs, la, 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 and I was just like, bloody hell. Anyway, I'm just glad it was me in some weird way that got busted because you just don't know how, how anyone else would have done dealt
0: with it yeah. you know did you have there's, a, there's
1: some people who probably shit their load and just yeah. dobbed everyone
0: in did you have a criminal record no, no that's good no so that must no, have no, been no, like because no. I'm sure a couple of the other guys if they got caught it would have been like added to yes <laughs> would have exactly would worse no, is that thing to think no, about no exactly well, that's
1: it, it? I, I was very open I was very honest um, and I was just you know but the weird thing was right this is what I don't get Right? They, the, the, the broadcasting authority would always use the fact that you'd interfere with emergency services and all that kind of stuff with the frequency. And I was thinking, well, that's bollocks. Because when have you ever tuned in your car stereo into what's going on with an ambulance, which is what's going on to the police? Never. And going- Never.
0: Maybe in they- 1940. God, like- <laughs> do you know what I mean? But they
1: operate on a frequency which you cannot access oh, the unless you've got. Get onto. Exactly. Mm. So that whole argument what? is bullshit. Yeah. I-, I-, I couldn't afford a proper brief, no. but I was given legal aid uh, a suggestion. You know what? I should have argued my case better than these mm. guys. Because at the end of the day, it was like, look... They're answering a
0: stupid question.
1: Yeah, it was like, excuse me, uh, prosecutor. Yeah. Um, let's get a radio now. Let's think about what you're Let, saying. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's see which ambulance we're going to pick up yeah. now. Let's see which fire engine or which coast guard yeah, fly by the or whatever. There. Exactly, right? You cannot, okay? <laughs> they do not interfere with any of it. So God, don't be stupid. How long did stupid. that go on for? Uh, I was, it was at Highbury Crown Court and uh, I think we just had a couple of sessions and that was it really All dumb you of mean? and I got fined time. I got fined big I couldn't afford the fine but it took me years to pay it off um yeah but um you know it was
0: one of them things legendary but, um, moment excuse me legendary moment I mean, legendary I moment I yeah in the pocket i can imagine but yeah it is a legendary moment <laughs> yeah
1: right i know it's mad but you know it was one of them things but then yeah so bongos then stopped working there i got let go at bongos it wasn't performing to how it used to um and uh major flavors wanted me and i also started working at wall of sound um, doing the bad magic stuff. Greenpeace wanted me to help him out at bad magic. So I ended up working, you know, um, at bad magic. Being so a you label fully manager.
0: transitioned then from office jobs. Yeah. Into working within the culture. Yes. Yeah. 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 That yeah. Had happened and it was solidified. Exactly.
1: That's right. Fully in. Yeah. So then I got to, so I'd experienced, I have experienced the music industry from buying records. Yeah. um, from selling records to marketing records the process behind how a label works and why um to DJing, yeah i've seen it from every aspect you Wicked. can you can do it from which and promoting yeah. as well doing my own events as well so i've seen it from every aspect really which is quite mad but um yeah it's a crazy one what's the thing you do most now oh god knows <laughs> i don't know i ain't got a clue i don't know but it's, it's still it's, every it's, day it's, though it's, isn't it's, it it's, it's, an every it's day. bits bits yeah 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 it's like help you know helping up people with marketing strategies for whatever um do the radio show now on soho radio good show um, man. oh yeah 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 there's, there's a bit that's gone in between there but oh thank you very much um do this, do soho radio um which means i've been on radio practically nearly 20 years fucking hell it's man. mad Mad. the amount of records are played first as well which is crazy but you know if no one's listening you know what I mean only certain people
0: know I mean we broke so many records if
1: the show that we had in Brighton
0: yeah
1: was in London
0: we would have killed I think killed it called The Beat Down in Brighton wasn't it The Brighton Show was it called The Beat Down
1: No. Nah. Beats to the Rhyme it was Beats to the Rhyme Beats to the Rhyme Beats to the Rhyme is what it was called I think we might have called it The Beat Down on Itch or I might have called it The Beat Down don't quote anyway. me anyway
2: yeah
1: All Right. So I did HFM, got busted. Then Greenpeace. I'd already worked, you know, I was, I'd already worked at Bad Magic for a bit, um, overseeing or helping out rather, I should say, with um, the tail end of the creators' final dialect. And then Black Twang came into the fore, and Tony just smashed it. You know what I mean with a kickoff. Yeah. And we had Banksy doing the artwork and all sorts of bits. Do you know what I mean, because Mark Jones, the owner, um, it, Banksy was in. Basically, in a gaff bigger than like this studio here, yeah, um, but about five times as big under the Westway, yeah, in Acton Workshops,
2: <clears throat>
1: and uh that's the Bad Magic office. But it was actually Banksy's studio, and I saw all of Banksy's stuff, and I go, mate, I've got to buy some of this off you one day. Mm. It, was, it was selling it for cheap, and we're not talking about the prints, quid. We're talking about the actual artwork. Yeah. What the most palm face. Mm. Moment of oh, my life, He tried Seriously? to give me the
0: kissing policeman on canvas, and I said no. He tried to give it to me. What? And I said no. It sold for half a million pound four years later. For fuck's sake. Yeah. I'd have a different life now. But yeah. <laughs> Do you ever see him? Huh? Do you ever see I him? actually, it, we didn't meet face to face. It was a. Fr- he was outside my shop painting a rat on the side of the shop. Oh, right. Whilst Harvey was trying to give me this painting. And I was like, Harvey, I can't take it. And he's like, yeah. he wants you to have it. I said like, I can't take it, Harvey. Harvey left with the painting, I'd go outside, there's a rat's head on the side of my building. He'd stood on top of the Jeep and done it. Right. I then let my hairdresser take the rat's head off the side of my shop. He bought a house off the back of that a few years later.
1: That's nice. Yeah. Did they
0: give you anything? No, of course not. No. Course. And then when I opened the London gallery, I said to Harvey, I was like, You can tell B if he wants to yeah. help or, you know, do that thing again, he's like, No,
1: yeah. no, no, I'm not
0: gonna do that. <laughs> Legend, no, no, right? no. Legend. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally, totally. Um, I remember coming uh, yeah, come, come across so Banksy comes out of uh, uh, where was it um, where, uh, Gosh oh gosh the comic shop that gosh, was on uh, yeah. Gosh which is now next to Supreme British but it was on at the British Museum yes exactly so he's coming out of that and I'm walking across I Go alright how you doing he goes yeah alright goes no Yo, Kish you don't happen to know how I can get a book that shows me how to draw in proportion do you I go what <laughs> alright He goes, yeah, I need to draw characters in proportion. I go, You serious? He goes, yeah. I go, I was like, all right, come with me. I took him downstairs into Gosh. Yeah. Right. And I pulled out how to draw comics the Marvel Marvel way.
0: Brilliant. How about this, mate? He was like,
1: perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Like that. so we're Banksy, you owe me something, it? you owe David here something, and you owe me something, and we're coming to get it, alright, we'll beautiful, right, there you go, there's, there's a bit of, there's a, I've helped you out considerably, I'm sure, um, yeah, Amazing, but you know, it was one of them things, and you know, I remember, you know, I've been in the office, uh, him coming in, and he goes, Kish, uh, I'm looking for a pair of trainers that look hip-hop, yeah, for because he was doing the co- the cover for the um, the Fabric series, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Um, and I go. You need a pair of hip hop looking trainers. Mm-hmm. I go look at my feet. <coughs> yeah, all right, they'll do. <laughs> I gave him the Adidas Attitude lows off my feet. What? Right, and they're actually the ones that he paints. Right in. I think it's with the Howitz. I can't remember which which cover it is, but if you see the Banksy artwork on one of the fabric CDs, yeah, um, and you see the Adidas, those are my Adidas in the in the in the, in the, in the, in the that he's painted, okay. which is quite funny, right? I still got them actually, but anyway, right. So there's that, um, and then. Uh, yeah there was, so I was working at Bad Magic There was so many things going off there was all the parties at 93 feet east and all sorts of bits and bobs all the stuff around about black twang and all that kind of stuff and also holding it down at Major Flavors you know because I was between the two. two yeah. um, oh I live in Stratford um, I remember seeing the two, ta- the two the Twin Towers going down in Mark Jones' office you know in 2001 9-11 right. yeah. boom we were like transfixed it was still to this day yeah. for everybody it was just that moment in time where everything just stood still fucking nice uh, the watershed moment yeah and that happened in the of Sound office Um, we were surrounded by Banksy's it was just like you know he's surrounded by all this artwork we're surrounded by all the real Banksy's Mm. yeah loads Mark Jones Um, but yeah and um, yeah doing the radio you know still buying records still buying sneakers boom had to get it had to get it i remember the prestos first come out finding colors oh, of prestos them. and my boy collie who originally you know i you know from back then you know going to dance wicked etc mm. was i you know i met up with him again he suddenly turned into this massive sneaker dude and it's just like yeah he got all this done i'm like well, well he had these connects to get all the all sneakers around the world because he was early on the internet thing um ebay and uh, just going on nike talk and crooked tongues and all this kind of stuff on the early which is quite mad oh another thing yeah i remember the yeah you know, the the people that i used to serve records to and mr bongo is mad like fraser cook like who now works at nike and michael copperman who now oh. hooks me up with gimme five product yeah. um, you know we, we won russ you know who ended up russell williamson who worked at bond and ended up setting up crooked tongues First, he set up UDocs, which is the new agency. Yeah, yeah. Then he, from that, he sprung Spine Magazine. And then from that, he sprung Crooked Tongues. Mm. Chris Aiden worked there. And they're all going, oh, you should come have a chat with us. And I was... I don't know what the hell they were talking about, what they were trying to achieve and do. I didn't have a computer. I didn't have a laptop. Do you know what I mean? No one had that. It was expensive shit. Do you know what I mean? My phone now would look like a freaking supercomputer in comparison to what you could get in a big freaking <laughs> desktop back then. Right? Which is mad. So... You know, it was it was just, um, yeah, and, I, I, and then I remember seeing what they were doing. And, yeah, I remember going up to their office and going, boom, boom, boom. And I met Chris Law and I met, you know, loads of other people. And then people I used to stock records from beat DJ Bomb Jack, Jess, and he and on 8-Man Records, then he was working there and so on and so forth. And it was just mad times. Mm. And then there was that whole scene around Newburgh Street, uh, Bond, um, and the street parties and all that kind of stuff. That really happens right, around that time as well, like a little there, bit man. after year, in, in the in the in the sort of early to mid nineties.
0: <coughs> there were two, and, was two yeah. different spots on Newbury, wasn't it? It was the corner, and it was on mm. the on the str- on the road itself, and then it was on the <laughs> yeah. It moved. It got bigger, yeah. so
1: it moved to the corner where the Red Wing right. shop now is. But um, yeah, KJ moved it. I had to because it was getting it was getting bigger, mm. and that's where I met the next gen of all the Bonlocks. I met so basically when it was just um, KJ um, in the late late 80s early 90s and then Laurent started that's right um, yeah and then Nicky and then and then so on and so forth then when it was on the corner um that's when everyone else came in um LeBron,
0: after one started a brand after Bond didn't he he started
1: a store on Whitcross Street uh but now he's doing yoga I bump into him occasionally I think he lives near me in
0: Kentish mm. yeah I remember him well yeah, really good
1: guy really nice very uh gay French dude
0: (laughs) yeah I mean wicked dude
1: but um yeah and uh but yeah so that's mad and then going from major flavours onto scenario records afterwards and then helping build that up for Ed Pitt um and then taking over the spot on the corner where Soul Jazz used to be
0: yeah
1: which is now Robbie Walters' studio uh it's quite funny how that's happened actually going from Soul Jazz I used to shop in occasionally um or I first met Abby and that and then occupying that space, and then now it's Robbie Bolt was the studio. Now <laughs> it's just what's going on. That's quite yeah. mad. And then Patter is literally three doors down, and things like that. It's really, really mad. Um, but yeah, you know, um, then I then I worked at Scenario, and that's where I was blessed with every single record store still around. Wild Pitch, Uptown. I was tight with Ronnie and Woody at Uptown. Um, I got fired from. Uh, from Major Flavours for giving uh, Rodney P discount because he was on one extra with skits oh right? yeah
0: those, those days yeah.
1: shop box. and Ronnie fired me because he checked the bag at first Ronnie he would go like get what you can get you know to, and he would go then you got to look after certain people and then and then Rodney came in and he wanted records and he's going to play them and he's going to shout us out on one extra. So it's like, yeah, cool. He yeah. gets, I'll, get, I'll do him a nice price. And Rodney was like, no, that's too cheap, blah blah blah, and fired me. He regretted it. Wow. Uh, and wanted me back. By that time, I was already working at Scenario. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's like you know, just what happens. But um, but then I was still. Then he was still blessed after that. He'd come in with promos and stuff and give them to me. So at the end of the day, I was still blessed with him. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and. And I uh, released the groove LJ and all that lot. Anyway, so I was blessed with all the, all the record stores. And if I couldn't, if I didn't have it, I'd just say, go here, 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 and here, and they'll do the same. You've got to look out for Set each other. Up really, at the end of the day, yeah, rather than send them to HMV or whatever, I'd rather send them to another independent record store, you know. But, um, or I'd send them to Bongo's. I just didn't, I swear Do you know yeah, what I mean? And yeah, the yeah. new deal real started happening. And the new new deal or the second incarnation of deal real yeah. happened then. And then, uh, which was just around a corner from Bond, which sort of solidified that whole sort of area yeah. again um but yeah things just you know that's how it all sort of was going down and it's quite mad really when you think about things and uh the sneaker things started popping off even more foot patrol opened up and uh you know hideout was there and yeah all sorts of bits were going when on.
0: you when you work with a brand hmm. like could, do you work with any brand to help promote because of your knowledge or is it or is it specifically trainers or No, I can transition cult.
1: the knowledge and like you if, can, if someone yeah. wants to actively market to the youth and and, and and want to want to work out how to interface with everything then I'll just you know, yeah, show me the money and I'll do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that can be ferment that can be clothes, bags, trainers, whatever it is. Anyone wants to introduce anything or
1: into our culture? Yeah,
0: give something you know? some authenticity. Yeah. You well, can-
1: exactly. Do you know what I mean? Rather than exploit it, but um, yeah, a lot of brands do want to exploit. But you know, it's, well that's their it's purpose. Unanswered. Their purpose yeah. is to exploit. It.
0: It's, mm. If they can yeah they need to go off and do their thing yeah. but let me see if I can make this and get yeah, exactly. this out as business as, right, as possible right. they need to do it they, to, for yeah. to, to work and trans- they, do,
1: they do there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there now who are faking a funk do you know what I mean who, who, who are well, fugazi and uh, <coughs> just popping off and doing stuff and it's like they don't what actually know what before we started
0: recording about the amount of drops yeah. that are going on yeah, now yeah it's
1: untenable man it's like I don't know how the how the brands are expecting people to buy it the market well the other thing is
0: big. the other thing that crosses over here and the other thing we spoke about is the damage to the planet exactly Exactly. If these... drop Like, this all p- is part of it. Yeah. it's all... It's mass a-
1: consumption mass of con- everything yeah. is killing the world.
0: Completely. And, and it's that's a weird
1: f- thing for me to say with the amount of well, shoes i got, but you know what I mean? No, it, but it, it i tell really you what, Okay,
0: right. I don't think collecting trainers is a problem here, right. or even buying what's been offered. Yeah. The point is, is that if it was 10, 15 years ago, at yeah. that speed... Yes. Yeah, cool. Yeah. But now... It drops weekly. And if you're in that world... No, daily. Daily, exactly. You could buy 300 pairs of trainers a year if you've got the money. Yeah. Different pairs of trainers a year. And do fuck all with them or wear them all out, ruin them, throw them in the skip when the tongue starts to peel off. Exactly. And it's another load of waste. Totally. That's one of my issues with... It. With... With... you know what hip-hop has made not made us do because it hasn't made us do no. anything like that but the, no but the
1: companies and how they're trying to exploit that passion um is is an issue and it's it's, it's a whole discussion in itself sustainability
0: really. is a, a big mass, key mass, man mass, and massively. if massively you know i've i've quite liked nike's technology mm-hmm. in the last couple of years two three years yeah and then obviously there's some clothing brands doing the same man and when yeah. you can get When we've got more quality in those pieces, I'm more than happy to buy them. Yeah, but yeah, I feel we've got to be a bit more careful, haven't we, man?
1: Totally, totally, we have got to be a little bit more more careful. Because it
0: all, it all, all we've got to be, we've got to
1: apply due diligence, and we've got to be. uh, But we also, uh,
0: but we also do have to embrace the new and you know push it out there and celebrate. Of course, but yeah, the drops thing yeah it's crazy yeah it's a completely it, it,
1: and the way the marketing is very aggressive as well you need this so mm. we've got raffles for this and blah 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 and you're just trying to make stuff that's not as exclusive
0: more what's exclusive, it like behind more the exclusive. scenes though are they stressing out behind the scenes like so I fuck, think, it's a I lot think the, lot the money's. I
1: think the money's growing and I think the the, 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 the culture's expanding bigger worldwide etc um but the stakes are high because they got you know the companies have got shareholders to a piece they want to see growth the thing is nothing grows forever no that's the thing so we're going to see what happens we'll see what happens post well not just even post Brexit we're going to see what happens in the next American election we've got to see see, is there a candidate that can you know that'll be viable um, and appealing enough to go against Trump and his charismatic ways we've got to be mm. real oh, he's be a charismatic honest. dude yeah yeah
0: yeah and he's yeah.
1: a very sharp dude even yeah. though he's a dumb dude he's not dumb
0: oh they don't but he's, he's very sharp oh I and mean, they don't care about lies charisma no, is what's no, done no, it no, exactly
1: <laughs> that's right he could bullshit and they, I b- mean, bullshit to their face and they go yeah, yeah. you know what I mean because like the same what, what he did was my friend Amir who did Soul Seekers film he said to me the other day you've got to think right what Trump did was tell the people that everyone was saying were dumb you know you're dumb you're dumb you're dumb and they were dumb right that no you're geniuses you all matter which they do right but and that's what he did and that's what he courted so if you're going to tell a dumb person that they're a genius
0: and they're better than someone right, else and they're better than well. somebody
1: else they're going to all right then yeah do course. you know what I mean because yeah. they're too stupid to know any different which is the which is the but which is the which is the irony of the yeah, whole situation it's the same thing. We've got and same it's a thing very well. shrewd strategy of course it is yeah yeah yeah, right? yeah. He uh, but he's it, it. got right yeah, exactly exactly right so at the end of the day like a pie piper he's, he's got them, mm. and they will do anything for him at the end of the day because they're too dumb enough not to question mm. it at the end of the day which is a shame but you know but that that's how it goes you know what i mean but um you know it's one of them things but you know i mean right here at the present day you know still doing stuff still on radio still doing the, the stuff on soho radio still trying to help people out
0: that's such a spot you that's you know like i mean? oh i know i know so it's, it's, it's
1: it's i'm really really you know gotta give thanks to adrian and dan for having us on um and also greenpeace as well because the thing is right so one thing i didn't talk about um was uh after hfm greenpeace had the all city show oh that's right yeah. on xfm yeah. which started when i was working at wall of sound right but what happened was ian white was the radio video plugger at wall sound in-house lovely guy and was really connected with everything and um and he basically packaged it, so there'll be a hip hop show with zane being the main face, yeah. Greenpeace being co-anchor, and Theo from the Wise Guys being the DJ and also chatting as well. Sick. So that's what the that's what the old city show thing. that's what the old city show was. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know right? he was on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was on it. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, yeah, so that's what it became. And, and, and I remember it starting and it was completely you know in the antithesis for uh, what Westwood was doing um, it was an interesting one and um, yeah and then obviously Zane got poached by Radio 1 so he he, he flaked out well not flaked out he, he couldn't do it obviously yeah. um, so ended up and then um, Theo I don't know what Theo he started doing that unfaked blood stuff fantastic graffiti ice, isn't he he's amazing amazing, amazing. Um, glad that he's still he's back on it is he back on it killing it, it? yeah he's, he's, smashing he's, the yeah, pieces oh, Man, I mean, ridiculous yeah. paintings oh, his style is un- incredible yeah. so yeah so um, so Greenpeace goes yo come and do the show with me so I was like okay cool so I became he became the Zane and I became the him
0: brilliant
1: you know what I mean and we yeah. had that thing and uh you know what it was cool and then uh, but I said you know I said to him at the time I go dude we've got to keep on we've got to make sure that what we do is, is relevant otherwise we're not going to be here yeah and it didn't happen and then the, the station you know then um, GCAP I can't remember who it is the capital group anyway bought Choice yeah and they were downstairs and eventually it just became that we were a hip hop show on XFM even though our show is remarkably different from any sort of programming on choice they thought they'd catering with the hip hop audience via choice i don't know what our ratings were like i ain't got a clue cuz you know that that might that, that, might, have, that yeah. might have been a thing um right. but we we got bounced off the station what? so so then i came off so then i went and then and then uh so i went off you know not 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 uh, then what happened was I had my streetwear distribution company starting up with um, my mate Charlie called Straight Up, you know, and that became my focus. Doing that and throwing events like parties, like Trading Places, Reggie Yates and that, and um, uh, and all those sort of things. Going to yo-yo and getting absolutely twisted. Oh my God, being hungover, coming into work on a f- Friday, just absolutely annihilated uh, still from the day before. But the thing is, that's where I got my chance to sort of exploit, well, not exploit, you know, interface in a different way with my network in a, in a sense, but I didn't look yeah. at it as a network, They're my mates. So, the thing is, is like, um, I, you know, we, we had 10 deep, we had staple, we had Mishka, we had art in transit and later on double goose and, and other labels as well and we'd distribute them. Uh, and we had an office in Shoreditch on Rivington street and, uh, Shoreditch again was in another period of transition. Um, not like how it is now. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's, there's far yeah. more, there are more stores there. There's more places to eat, etc. Well, far more than when we were there. Um, which is mad to say, but yeah, um, you know, the Ace Hotel wasn't there at the time and, and loads of things weren't there, you know? Uh, and yeah, we would, I started, you know, marketing Charlie would do the sales I started getting the product on people. I'd get it on Mr Jam. I'd get it on example. I'd get it on you know people who are up and coming before mm. they were up and coming, who are mates, you know. And they'd all wear it. Get on key DJs, you know. Got it on Tiny Tempo. He came. Him and Doomie came through on the early end. All sorts of bits. You know what I mean? Um, and just bless people and just get get people on it. Get people. Get it in the magazines. Get it in videos. Get it here. Get it there. Get it in films. You know where I could, wherever mm. I could do it. That's what I'd do. And then Charlie would, you know, back it up with his, you know, from his days at Carhartt with selling it to the stores and building up that network as well. Uh, We got hit, you know, by the dollar, you know, the pound dropping against the dollar.
2: Yeah.
1: A crash of that. We didn't know about forward buying currency and securing our prices and and a few other factors, which really, really, you know, was another life lesson. Um, You know, it's the second one I've been through, and hopefully it's the last one that has a negative effect. Hopefully, I can apply myself and and going in the future and just working it out. But again, I I saw I could actively use my the way to cross my love and passion of street style and
0: music, yeah,
1: and 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 use that marketing, you know, yeah, to how ha- you know to engage,
0: yeah. You know, and and authentically again, yeah. For all the years you know, put in, it wasn't just like, it. oh yeah, you know that thing we could, you know, we should mix in with that's that. It. Yeah, this was
1: just so. If Leo Greenstoad wanted to wear something at yo I go, yeah, of course. What do you yeah. want? Do you know what I mean if Dommy P wanted it, but bless him, he wanted to pay for it. Go, no, I'll pay for it. I go, no, we'll give it to you. He goes, no, I'll pay for it. Okay, okay, you can have it for trade price. Okay, <laughs> love that, Dommy man. So yeah, you know, so we were making sure that key people, boom, 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 were wearing our stuff, yeah. and then everyone was wearing it. Is like, boom, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, it was crazy. But then another thing happened was when that whole sort of outdoor look came in, but not in a, like, a 90s rap way, but in a sort of, like, geography teacher way. Do you remember when everyone started wearing Penfield Parkers and la, 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 all that kind of stuff? And it was just like, mate, have a word. And, (laughs) you know, like, other streetwear stores dipped, and the whole look dipped away from that for a minute. But now it's back, and it's back with a a massive, massive vengeance, Um, which is brilliant. But, um, yeah... Yeah, it was a, it was a fun, it was a fun, funny fun, one. Fun. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, always then on the kick still, and you know because because we were selling clothes to all these different stores. If anything came in, it's like yo, kissed you, and these shoes we will give you for a nice price. And I'm like, all right, yes. let's do this. Do you know what I mean? Like that, and then uh, and then um, obviously uh, then the next thing that happened, you know that we we we, we you know the, the the business shut unfortunately because a few stores went bankrupt, owing us money. We owed money. Um as a result so it was a house of cards really at the end of the day which is a shame I'd happens. have had to have pumped in a lot more money which didn't have yeah. in which to make it viable do you know what I mean and it was just like wow well, that's too much
0: and then it's the return off that lump that you'd have had to put yeah,
1: in yeah so it's like return? yeah I could keep it going yeah. but
0: you know until when until exactly. what exactly exactly until the end of days I don't that's how I felt when I, mean. I shut my gallery I was yeah. just like yeah. like I could I could keep this I could pump in another fucking X amount of money yeah. but to what yeah. end yeah like exactly maybe the time is that's now that's it like, that's it yeah I and, got to learn and yeah exactly way, yeah. and then
1: just you know i had a, had a real moment of introspection didn't know what i wanted to do and it's sort of like i don't know things are just sort of again taking on a sort of a life of their own really do you know what i mean so i get to do you know host panel discussions and you yeah. know and all that kind of stuff and i've got a few things in the pipeline. now I've got management doing the radio still um yeah, just trying to work with brands. Really. So many books. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. I, I did mention that to you. So basically, yeah, like about five years ago, my mate Paul Air, I was chatting with him and I was going, dude, there's a whole generation of kids that don't know about your book. And he co wrote the first ever sneaker book in 98 called Sneaker Sizes and Everything, which is mm-hmm. massively influential. Had people like Kim Jones and Fraser Cook and Matt Bick, all these people that are like different mm-hmm. facets of the industry um, in that book. Uh, Jake and Dino's Chapman, etc. And I was like, "Yo, you know, you got to reprint that book so the kids know, because it's all about education at the end of the mm, day." My my, my my number one criteria is education by mm. entertaining. Um, and uh, and he was like, oh, I don't know. We all fell out, and I don't know if it's gonna happen." La la la. And then and I go, "You're gonna have to get the band back together and get everyone talking again, and then approach Booth, who's Booth Clibbons who's the publisher, to 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 print it out again." he's got everyone talking which took an effort so hats off to paul um because i didn't know the other people who did the book do you know what i mean the mad thing was i remember seeing the flyer to contribute to the first book in mr bongo and everyone <laughs> going yeah you're gonna do it and i was like i don't know it seems a bit dodgy ringing up a phone number to get involved and in all that kind of stuff doesn't it do you know what i mean i never did it still got the flyer um and it's mad how it's worked out because no envisaged it would be like this but so then he approached Booth, and Booth was like, "Would love to reprint the book." Sick. But then he was like, "Yeah, but you got to do something else." And it's like, "What well, that? You got to read. You got to do the sequel. You got to cover it from yeah. you know from way then finished. to, to <laughs> when it to when everything exploded. Yeah. All these limited drops, all these retro releases, because no brand was doing retro releases or no. to that scale or in that way. It was all about new, new, new product. Yeah. You know, you might get the odd occasional Air Force One coming out, or you might get the odd Air Max One coming out." But retro and old models yeah. from scratch. Ones that were cult classics and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you could just get your shell toes and stuff still a little bit if you know, depending on where you were. But they hadn't been retooled to how they were back in the day, do you no. know what I mean? Until, you know, you know, very recently. But yeah, it's mad.
0: But are you yeah. gonna do a book?
1: So basically the whole thing is, is that I am now part of doing the new book. Good do you know what I mean yeah. they were like yeah you gotta help us with this because you're still part of this and we're not you know Paul is to a little degree yes um, but the others aren't they're so like wigs, a- they're like bigwigs they went on to be bigwigs at Apple and Google and yeah. all sorts of bits and Spring Studios and all that kind of stuff which is kind of mad which uh, again is a is a networking interface for the book which will stand Definitely. in good stead
0: Could be brilliant huh?
1: yeah you know so, yes, yeah, so we've got to do the books. So we're doing a book as well.
0: Yeah. I, I'm so, I don't know what it is about books and me, man. I just, I love books and I love knowing people are going to be having a part of their story put yeah. into one. Yeah. I don't know how long they're going to last uh-huh. books. I mean they'll last forever no, but yeah. I just I I love a printed book basically yeah I think
1: I think the, ta- you know I mean? the tactile nature of, of humanity you know will gravitate to books mm. you know not everything's going to be on a, mm. on, a, on a on a you know you've I think it's going to be a return part in this
0: culture. massive yeah.
1: that's mad you've had like a you tell know. you one thing right when I was at Scenario right um, coming across this uh, half American British lady called Jennifer uh, who I was still in touch with. And she came in, right? And she had these CDs. She had all the Kanye CDs. What? <laughs> right? The Through the Wires and all that stuff, yeah. right? She she was linked with John Legend and Kanye. And she was like, yo, do you want to stock these? She wouldn't want to give them to anyone else. Yeah. We sold shit What's that? Right? This is the thing, right? So when anyone thinks of Kanye West in this country, yeah, talented dude um and yeah he did that session at deal real but the reason that they did the session at deal real i think uh, maybe tony had links tony Tego might have had links to them as well but we didn't do live sessions and the deal real live sessions were a thing and it's just like yeah, yeah you should go there and do it or we might have co-signed it do you know what i mean yeah. but yeah there was that going yeah there was that going on but yo we sold hundreds of mixed CDs of Kanye to people. We were pushing it. They didn't even know who the hell he was, and the same with John Legend as well. Sick. You know what I mean? It was it was mad, and um, yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember being there at the ten the ten rooms, yeah, on Air Street, and it was like me, my mate Brad, who was who was who had been selling sneakers to Don C um, via eBay for a couple of years prior. And yeah, we were in 10 rooms. And then there was Kanye there and Estelle there and John Legend there. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, it was quite mad. I remember Kanye talking, going to me going, we were in 10 rooms and the DJ started playing. And he's going, yo, do you think the DJ will play one of my records? And I was like, I ain't got a fucking clue. Why don't you go ask him? So he went up and asked him. Do you know what I mean? Things like that. Do you know what I mean? I did an interview for the All City show with Kanye because Greenpeace couldn't be bothered to do it right which is this and he still got the interview right the interview was an hour and a half long right i haven't heard it to this day semtex hasn't got a copy because semtex was only invited us and it was at wise buddha um dan couldn't edit it because it was too long for the show right but it should be its own separate sort of podcast definitely thing, right and this is just before college dropout was about to come out wow and it was deep it was deep it was like kanye eating fried chicken there's john legend no not john who who was I like, it was before I knew who John Legend was and dude was there and I was like I don't know who the hell is in the studio so we're in the studio Kanye they're eating fried chicken dude here Dame Dash is outside Dame Dash comes in he has to talk to Kanye about something he apologises for interrupting I was like my god Dame Dash actually apologised like what the hell and then he goes yo sorry and then he went back out again and stuff like that The interview went on for an hour and a half Amazing, we were in deep man. right and I, I have to I have I don't know how deep we went in, but I don't think there was there's been an interview with Kanye like it. You see, the thing is because it was very his mom, mother hadn't passed away, you know, and I think that's been a that was a massive trigger within Kanye because you can see the behaviour pattern pre and post and obviously the church and and the fact that he survived his car crash, he he's, he feels very blessed. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's certain processes I can't even imagine right it had gone on with him especially in the public eye and the pressure that builds you know but yeah it, it, it it's it's a different type of interview do you know what I mean I'd so what to he hear that, would, I would bloody love to hear it as well so I don't know what Green, Greenpeace has got it man but I don't know what he's, he's he refuses he knows where it is because you know what I mean he says oh, I don't know where it is but he knows where everything is <laughs> so I was just like why do you know what I mean dude uh, we should just let it out there do you know what I mean you know I want to hear it people Amazing. Should hear it um, but yeah there was things like that that happened I remember interviewing you know we had the Jungle Brothers on and, and the, when we had the show the Beats to the Rhyme show we had Dilated up there we had Jurassic 5 up there we had Bambata up there we had uh, Mark B up there we had Killer Keller I gave Killer Keller his first shot on radio With his it. first appearance you, you talked to Lee like, yo I gave him the first shot it appeared on the Jazz Fudge um, tape um, session um I think yeah the mark b creators remix which no one ever was only ever heard on radio on our show i think it came out in the eventually in the end uh, maybe on k borough but um for years the only place you could hear it was at like, one moment in time on that show um things like that there was loads of things going on and then same on itch and then you know the same on the old city show we had loads yeah. of people up you know you know we had Loki, we had bobito we had loads of people do you know what i mean it's kind of mad um you
0: yeah. got anything planned for
1: this year? Don't know. Just keep on elevating,
0: work, and innovation. helping other
1: people elevate, mm. and eat dinner as well. I'm starving. It's about that time. It's about that time we hit curry. Let's you about it. curry time, I David? It, yeah. Um, I don't know if I've missed anything out. I don't know, man. <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm co-organising Sneakerness, so that's going to be because um, I've, I've helped out. I helped build Crep City into what it is. Yeah. Um, until certain things happen but anyway I'm not going to comment on that publicly um, so you know I've always been approached by people to help them out and some sometimes it's worked out sometimes it hasn't but I'm doing sneakiness in London uh, which should be going down I think in May so it's going to be the Europe's biggest sneaker convention in um, London for the second time after last year uh, I'm going to do some more presenting stuff um, DJing I'm DJing at um, Liverpool I got asked by um To DJ at the Liverpool Music Festival in July. Oh, nice. Which is the first thing. So I'm going to be DJing with Bobito.
0: I wish. And
1: Maceo so no pressure there. What? Yeah, I know, right? I'm just gonna play the early one hour thing, do you know what I mean, boom, and just get just not try to embarrass myself, really. Because I'm a selector, I'm not a DJ. you know yeah. I like playing tunes? I don't, you know, I, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I'm not about you know, I've done it, I've done I've DJ'd at so many clubs, man. I DJ we used to DJ when we had the All City show, we had the night of Ministry of Sound and the DJ there, and I got so twatted I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was the worst DJ, man. It's embarrassing. Um yeah, That'll did there? Nice I think I DJed at Fabric once we did ninety feet I used to promote <clears throat> at f- um, ninety-three feet east and DJ there at Bashi which was groundbreaking at the time, you know, where it was all about the blends thing. That was in the early noughties. We used to get so twatted, oh my god. They, Dan Stacey organized it. And um he was an AR at six seven nine at the time, but, and he was a music journalist at Sleaze Nation and then became music journalist at ID but he, he organized it and it was his idea it was kind of cool because that whole blends thing was going on and you know i used to sell shitloads of them you know when someone used to put an acapella over a really weird tune do you know what i mean like yeah. that um but like missy Elliott over george michael who did that one that might have been errol alcan i can't remember someone did it and uh, yeah we sold we sold them by the truck um and then yeah all that stuff happening and then you know spin bad DJing, and and you know uh mad one uh, when we were doing Bashy at ninety-three feet, east our sound engineer was Paul Epworth. Yeah, yeah, sick. Yeah, I just texted him the oh, other gee. day because I was in I was in Berlin and I was at dinner, and it turned out that one of the guys that was dinner with was Vito from the Rapture, and Paul sound, met him at the same venue. Uh, ended up producing the whole album. and uh, and, yeah and went on tour with him as their sound engineer and stuff like that and I texted him and go yo guess who I bumped into he's like get the fuck out he's like yo come see come in my new album so I got to hear Paul Edwards and Paul you know I only went and produced Adele Mm. you know what I mean you know and uh, and I think he might have done Block Party did the Rapture. he's done he's the the Midas touch that dude he's such a lovely guy so humble and uh, he's Grammy award winner Mm. but yeah he was the sound engineer (laughs) <laughs> I mean yeah that's another one of them stories mm. do you know what I mean but I swear there's loads I'm missing out because I can't remember but you know I mean I no, think I've bored go, it. I man. think we've bored enough people there's a whole chunk I think I've forgotten about or completely missed out but you know it's kind of funny really at the, end yeah, it of the day it's good you've experienced still, fucking loads still being about and doing bits do you know what I mean
0: well it's become you know you start off in this thing and you know I'm like whatever five years behind you whatever six seven years behind Mm. you you start off in this thing and uh, you never think of a future with it no do you know what I mean no like and coming up to forty now, me and I'm like, fuck, man.
1: I'm twenty one. What are you talking about, man? Deep in it, yeah. You're, tw- so, you're, tw- you're on one. Yeah, my head on 21 I'm, I'm twenty eight, bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly how it is I, everything we've spoken about. I was in nappies
0: to now. Yeah. yeah, but it's just you know what. But I think that <laughs> that's the thing, though, man. It becomes apparent that age is fuck, or it doesn't mean nothing. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm 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 just this like is so much
1: more. yo there's so many age. people. There's so many brands just trying to youth market. That's great. Yeah, market to not, the youth. Yeah, but but also market to the other people who yeah, got money who are into this. Yes. because we're, we've we're, money. we're grown up now yeah we've
0: got money yeah well, we don't want to look like it's not about looking like a teenager no. it's about it's, I want to look like how I always looked how I looked exactly I look I like this looked. and this is it yeah I, my generation
1: set the standard yeah. I don't see why I should have to deviate from mm. that where is the rules we'll or up to this yeah. thing you're pushing it's like right. I want to dress how I dress yeah. and that's the end and of the it and the
0: product's still being made yeah. so come on let's talk exactly
1: mm. do you know what I mean
0: you know so wicked you know. okay thank you very much for coming round no no no
1: yeah. thank you very much oh bless wicked, wicked David
0: well, that was dope like a whirlwind of uk hip-hop history eh he got involved in loads of aspects the amount of people he mentioned too jesus kish he's in it forever he lives and breathes style and he helped you know what's great about him also he helps people achieve in whatever way you can he's a plug for many really dope sitting with him What proper honor we went and grabbed that curry afterwards in an Ealing spot it was dope that was amazing getting that kish is an important part of our scene and Another one to add to the library. Go and check f24podcast.com where you can see all the interviews along with some photos that I've been graced with. We've got 40 up there now. And then obviously we're on Twitter at f24podcast at f24podcast on Instagram as well. And um, go and spread the word, man. Let's get people round to this studio in action and get them talking. You need to help me. I work too much. And one last thing. We lost another one last week. A real good, amazing, great and humble guy. Alex Powell, CLS, from London, from South London, oh man, beautiful geezer man, a proper light, you never forget your brother, your name will live on, ah, he'll be missed, rest in peace Alex, this is F24.